And... Freak out! Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Mushroom Movie Podcast. Um, we are here for part... Okay, so we're doing Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes, <laughs> you did. Yes, you did. Uh, that is something um, we did. That is something that we did. Um, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so, I guess we'll get to it, but like, oh man. Oh man. What a time! What a time! I know, what a time to be alive, right Chris? How, like, it's the Paul Rudd meme. Like, hey, look at Paul us. Paul Rudd... Paul Rudd. Look at us. Wonderful human being. Look at us. He's, he's, he's awesome. This is, look at us. <laughs> How did we get us. here? How did we get here? Yeah. How did we get here? All right. So, so, so let's talk. Just going to news. I've got nothing. This is, I got so nothing. I got one thing that's huge and humongous. Um, is, that, is this really the place to talk about that? Yes, it is. Uh, then I don't feel comfortable right now. Good. I'm in the tree eating popcorn. Go ahead. So, so we got our first trailer to Godzilla versus Kong today. <laughs> and boy, am I excited! Oh, you're talking. I'm gonna put it on mute and watch it real quick. Raw. Oh, here we go. So first off, I, I don't feel like hip hop. I'm pretty sure that whatever the plot is to this movie is gonna be terrible, but that's fine because we don't we don't watch these movies for the. The human plot. We watch this to watch a giant monkey and a giant lizard punch each other. Guarantee you will get more humans than fight. Oh, probably. But I'm still here for a giant monkey punching a giant lizard. This is Warner Brothers we're talking about. They've done this before. Bruh, I am just pumped about everything I'm seeing about this movie. They have a history. Let me ask you this, guys. Uh, per each individually, how do, how do you like the series? How do you I like the Love I did not. I was not able to catch uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. That movie, Chris. I kind of gave up after Kong Skull Island. I wasn't no. impressed by that. Dude, Kong Skull Island's awesome. I disagree. Um, I actually do like Kong Skull Island. I don't think it's bad. Um, I actually am a big proponent for Godzilla, the first one. I I, I totally believe it's too dark to to see anything in that movie, which sucks. I also think that um, there's not enough Godzilla for sure, and the human elements suck. But I also think that it is a wonderfully directed movie. I have always been just amazed at the Spielbergian technique. And that guy would go on to like shoot Rogue One. Like he understands scope and scale really well. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think Kong Skull Island is a lot of fun. I think it's, if you don't take it too seriously, I think it's worth the ride. I also think the CGI is really good. I think it's a good time. Um, I don't think I think those human people do aren't good in there either, and I think there's too many of them, which is the problem. Like you don't need Allison. I, I mean, you don't need Bree, and you don't need um, uh, Hiddleston in there either. They're both useless. But uh, on the whole, I think the movie is really good. Well, I did also not see Godzilla vs. Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. I now have a really excellent TV. I'm most likely going to watch it now because that TV I think is perfect well, for it. To, to briefly ex explain to you um, that movie, at least, just to get you guys... No spoilers! I know, I know, I know, I know, no, 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 I'm not talking spoilers. 
basically the issues of the movie are the same issues as the rest of the franchise that the human element sucks no one cares and that the best parts of the movie has always been godzilla punching another monster and, i would argue i would argue and, real, okay, go hold, ahead, on, go hold on, on go ahead uh we get a lot of that a lot more of that in that movie that movie is like is like one third giant monsters battling one third human element uh one third kind of a little bit of both where th- there's giant monsters punching each other in the background so it's still entertaining so so like like two-thirds of the movie is really entertaining and then it's one-third monsters fighting one-third humans talking and one third and the other and the last third is both (laughs) (laughs) so like two-thirds of the movie is really entertaining because it's just monsters punching with something else going on so like two-thirds is very acceptable and and i i've just kind of accepted that the movie's way more fun if you just don't think about the human part of it and they minimize enough of it that like the movie's very entertaining i feel like that first of all, I've seen all the fight scenes in King of Monsters. I just haven't seen the movie, and I've seen enough of the human scenes to be like, no, this shit matters. I also know the relationship within the and the arc of the characters within that movie, and I know just reading it on page that it's not worth the time. Okay. But it is more monsters fighting, and I do like the look of it. And although I just I don't think it has the same uh, language uh, that the first has with the camera and how and like like beautiful language to it. I think that it's also like monsters punching other monsters. monsters, punching other monsters. Agree. I think it's great. That's why I love Kong. Like I didn't have a problem with it. It knew what it was and it didn't hide it and it gave you more monsters and great. I feel like it's the same thing here but a bit sharper. And yeah. as I'm watching the trailer right now, yeah, there's a lot of monster stuff. And the best thing is they fight in the dark with color and light. And that's the big. That was my biggest issue with both the two movies before other than Kong which is that monsters fighting at night I didn't want that it didn't look great I understand that kaiju create storms when they fight but this is different and as I'm watching the show you know Godzilla's kicking ass and Kong's farting around like this looks good I want to watch it I want to see it yeah, I have a TV I, I, for stuff like this so I'm happy I'm, I'm excited it looks cool it, it it looks like monsters punching other monsters and that's exactly what I want to see I don't care about whatever this human element is. There's obviously something here, and I don't give a shit what it is. I just want to see a giant monkey punch a giant lizard. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, so I was going to say, is, I would argue, no matter how good the human element would, could have could be, like, if it was, if the human element was that good, you wouldn't care anyway. Oh, I would. I just want to see giant Not monsters true. punch each other. No, nope. I, like, like, Chris, you, watch you can tr- try you watch- everything. You can try everything yeah like not nah, be every time i see it it's like i just don't care about the human element then why the hell is it in there why even have it at all you're not because gonna care you... anyway you're not there for that so why put that in the movie first of all i don't watch enough old godzilla movies to tell you what the proper formula is and why people still watch them to this day and still are fine with there being a small human element however there are movies of them out there that have good human elements, and you can do that. However, people just feel like, oh, well, if you make the human element weak and then have you know good special effects, then there you go. That's how we got Godzilla, the American version. 
which is just special effects and no script, no story at all. Like, I, I, it's not, it can be done. It's just because people have not done it before and they think that's the way it's supposed to be. They think that's okay. It's like, if I feel pretentious for saying it, but it's sort of like if you find out all your life that this person you know has eaten only, you know, mashed potatoes and meatloaf the rest of the their whole life, you're like, dude, there's so much stuff out there. Of course you can make this better. Of course you can add different things that would make this more interesting. Like you can do different stuff. Of course you can. It's just people think that that's all you need and they get complacent and they don't put any more effort in. Of course you can do this. No one's done it yet properly i don't think but i also think that these are the these are the three best looking godzilla movies that have existed in a long ass time so i'm just thankful for that we live in an era where the monsters look great so at least the monsters look amazing so we're getting there i'm just excited it looks cool i like watching big things punch other big things into buildings and that's what i'm here for and it looks like i'm gonna get that and (laughs) I'm happy. Let's just go with that. I'm very happy with the results of what I'm seeing. Uh, that trailer does look good. I'm excited. And I watched it on mute without any hearing any of the humans talk. But I did like all the humans in it. So, And it looks colorful. So it's yeah. It's got the neon kind of Tokyo vibe well, that... Well, Thing of Monsters don't had a lot time. of color in it, too. If you, like, I, oh, Mothra was beautiful. Like, I think uh, that movie is like the most prettiest looking Godzilla movie and I think like the 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 different change to the different monsters shows a lot with like Godzilla obviously having a very blue Ghidorah having a very yellow Mothra having a kind of a green Rodan being very red like you you get to see the color shifts in the film and it really is is gorgeous to look at the the thing is I it's about what you watch it on at the end of the day, and I have something nice to watch it on um, now, so <clears throat> that's why I'm a little bit more excited about it. If I didn't, I'd be less excited and I would save it, and or at least hope that I would see it in the theater one day. But now that's not the case. It's coming in two months, and I have HBO Max, so there you go. Yeah, bro, I'm I'm so excited to see this movie. It, it looks cool. It looks like a monster of SmackDown, which is everything I want, and... I enjoyed the last mo- couple movies, and I think I'm going to enjoy this one. I don't think it's going to be fantastic, but it's going to be a lot. Looks like a good trailer. Looks like a really good trailer. It looks fun. It looks so much fun, and that's all I want it to be. Anyway, humans are a waste. Don't put them yeah. in there. <laughs> I agree. At all. Don't care. How- <laughs> Nobody. Ca- I'm get- listen. Until it's until I actually like go out and like see this somewhere, it can't be done. Like, no matter how good it is, no one gives a crap. Nobody Here, here's, what I, here's what I would say, Chris. If that was the case, if they made it without any humans and they just made it at, like, animals, giant monsters, like, communicating with each other in the way that they would in the wild and then eventually fighting and then we get some arc like it was Milo and Otis or Homer Bound without any people talking over it. But they did do something like that back in the 80s. A powerful man did it who had all the money in the world and thought he'd do it his way. It was Jim Henson, and it was called The Dark Crystal. And nobody talks about that movie in that way. They did make the series for Netflix, but there's a lot more talking, and there's a lot more different characters, and that's a lot more straight, through-lined movie. But there's huge swaths of Dark Crystal where nobody's talking, and there's barely any characters, and it's just monsters being monsters. And so 
there's an element in there where I would love it. I love silent film. I would love a movie that was only the language of like fighting and stuff like that. It. No executive is going to give anyone money for that. No executive is going to give anybody money for that. Even though so, Dark Souls gone down as one of the greatest cinematic films of a while. In the context that of what we're speaking. Is what we're saying. It, it's oh, an sure. achievement. It's an achievement, but it's not considered one of the greatest movies of all. I don't consider it one of the greatest movies of all time. I consider it a fucking achievement and beautiful, and I would love to watch it more. But in terms of like popular cinema, that's not for everybody. No. And if you're going to make a movie about kaiju, I would. L- if you make any movie about animals, like I just started watching Call of the Wild the other day, and yeah, it's really distracting how CGI that dog is. However, that movie is beautiful. Harrison Ford is great. And I eventually cared about the story because so much of it was told through a lack, like a lack of dialogue. It's the dog meeting other dogs, and like I didn't care it was CGI. After a while, it's like okay, I'm watching a cartoon, but it's still a story, and it was story told visually. So it can be done, but they still feel like you needed Harrison Ford and a bad guy trying to kill Harrison Ford in the background. Like we're not there yet, but hopefully we will be. And there are movies out there like Wall-E. Wall-E's a great example. That may be the best example of a silent film like that that has achieved that sort of level. But I don't know why they haven't done it for Kaiju. I think they're afraid to, but I think now we have a level we can make. I, well, Transformers again is about masculinity and about why alpha males are the best and beta males suck. That that movie's about how cars are great and women are objects. That is not about the language of cinema. Oh, never. Bumblebee. Bumblebee is different. The Transformers. Yeah, we got. We've got to get around to that. Um, I do. I'm real. I need show. you. Saving it for the show. It should be a good one. You like? It's a good one for you. A curiosity for me. Anyway, what else is there? That was all I saw. Uh, this one's kind of it. We got a Godzilla oh, trail. Oh, Oh, come on. That can't be it. Something oh, I've seen really this week. Kind of, yeah. Because what? Weird. We recorded on Tuesday, right? Last We recorded on Monday. I've yeah. still yet to find out whether that Army Hammer thing is true. Apparently, he came out and said it's not. Yeah, but also other people that he used to date and even his ex-wife was like, nah, he's a freak. Yeah, it's like muddy. The water is very yeah, muddy. Yeah, I mean, the only real thing that kind of happened was WandaVision episode three and then Godzilla. That was kind of it. I think uh, there's very there's word that they're pushing Black Widow back again, which sucks. They should just release it. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Okay, fine. So, so boys, what what did we watch this week? Someone else go first. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can go first, Zach. I think we'll save Wanda for the end. Yeah. So I watched. Um. Obviously, I watched the movie we're talking about this week. Uh. I. <laughs> once again, another another week, another Attack on Titan episode. <laughs> um, Chris, you still gotta watch it. I know you're waiting. Waiting. I know. I know you're waiting. Um, Retainer. I know. <laughs> waiting. Um, and then uh, other than that, I've been kind of still grinding through watching the extended editions as I can. 
and watching uh, Peter Jackson uh, uh, video diaries. I'd find it so funny if we end up landing on that for the next series. <laughs> You'd be totally prepared. I would. I've been really on top of watching that as of late. It's it's Did been you... a lot of fun. What? Did you watch that Lindsay Ellis video I showed you? I didn't. I'll be honest. Mm. You should. It's really good. I know. I'm get I I'm like kind of just chilling through it because it was starting to show up on my YouTube page and it made me want to watch the extended editions because I kept seeing stuff that I hadn't remembered because I had only seen a lot of the theatrical uh, version. I had never seen the extended editions of The Hobbit. I've, uh, so I had been seeing a lot of scenes I had never seen before. I'm like, huh, interesting. And then these are from the extended editions. I'm like, all right, I just want to sit down and watch these. So... It's uh, in terms of behind the scenes stuff. It's really interesting. She interviews some. She gets some very interesting people talking. Interesting. Not like huge names, but people that like saw some things, and you're like, oh man, that production, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what about you, Alex? Um, I watched the movie, <laughs> and um. Uh, Peter was over the other night and we were trying to figure out some music and we got one song in the bag and then he was like oh I started I started showing him Buster Keaton films I showed him a, a Buster Keaton short called Cops and um, we loved that it's like 20 minutes but it's like probably the best Buster Keaton short that there's that there is um, excellent and then a lot of the general, we got through a lot of the general because like it's easy to like put on a silent movie and then just make music to it because you don't have to pay attention really. And when you do, like you catch on pretty quickly what's going on, um, <clears throat> especially if you pick like a comedy. And then he was like, Alex, did you let's watch a movie. And I was like, cool. And he's like, show me something fucked up. And I was like. Really? Oh he's like, he's like, yeah, show me something fucked up. I want to see something fucked up. And I was like, all right. I'm thinking like a couple of things. Like, where do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm like, Killer Joe? And he's like, Killer, what's that? And I'm like, Matthew McConaughey, man, it's fucked up. That, and he's like, Siberian <laughs> film? No, 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 no. That's too fucked up. That's too <laughs> See, that's the thing. When people are like fucked up films, are like ooh, Siberian film, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's the top tier. That's the one. Like, I get it. That's the Citizen Kane of uncomfortably disgusting, awful movies. But no, there's others. There's others. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, for um, uh, this case, I was like, well, let's kill it. He's like, I do want to watch that because he likes westerns. He likes McConaughey, and I was like, okay, okay, maybe. But then I was, I told him about Society from 1989, and he's like. Well, let's do that. And we watched both in one night. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was an interesting night, man. Uh, the first movies we watched was Society. If you don't know Society, it is a story about a brown-eyed, black-haired, 18-year-old dude who lives in California with his blonde-haired, blue-eyed family that's rich as fuck. And he doesn't feel like he's a part of them. They just don't really treat him like he's a part of the family. And also he thinks they're having sex with each other. So he, uh, he goes, the mystery of the movie is, is this guy trying to figure out whether his family is fucking each other or not. 
And then what he discovers is much worse. So we watch that. And then <laughs> I watched it with my brother, too, and neither of them saw it coming. The last 10 minutes of society are just disgusting. It's gross. It's like thing-level gross. We're talking the fly here. It's really gross. It's unsettling. <laughs> but it's very funny. Um, it's a very funny movie because it's also made by a Japanese guy, and it's just funny. It's super 80s. The soundtrack is crazy. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It's bonkers. But then the last 10 minutes come, and you're like, worth it. That was worth it. That was unbelievable. Unbelie Bravo. Bravo for the sheer balls of everyone involved. Thank you. Thank you for that. Like, they were, their jaws were on the floor. Oh, and this is the dude who's, who made Reanimator. No, 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 no. This is uh, this is not the dude who made Reanimator. Re no, this is Brian. Brian Usa, right? No, no, no. The guy who made Reanimator, Reanimator was Stuart Gordon. This no. is a guy in the same. No. Brian Yunza. Brian Yunza directed the Reanimator. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft Reanimator, nineteen eighty-five comedy horror. With Cummings, is it? Uh, Bruce Abbott. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Abbott. That was directed by Brian Yunza. Yeah? Or produced I by... I, I guess... I guess Wait! Thank you! God, man! No, Stuart Gordon famously yeah. died last year and made Reanimator. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, no, no. Brian Yunza doesn't have the kind of clout that Stuart Gordon has. Stuart Gordon was a theatrical master who took his theatrical arts of blood and gore to the film. No, Brian Yudza made The Dentist with <laughs> Clint Howard. He's no, Brian, Brian Yudza is the uh, um, Lovecraft guy. He made From Beyond yeah. with the, yeah, he's I'm just, a, he's okay, just a I'm gross dude. MDB. He is a super gross dude, but no, he didn't direct Reanimator. Oh, he, he made Bride of Reanimator though. Yes. And Beyond Reanimator. And Necronomicon. He's a gross dude. He's a gross, disgusting director. I love him. Yeah. He's awesome. He's a Japanese guy. He's awesome. Uh, so he's society. Yeah. Guy, actually. It's a it's it's filthy. It's disgusting. It's gooey. It's just yeah, it's he's... gross. I yeah. love it. He's Filipino. Oh, Filipino. Sorry, I'm thinking of somebody else then. But you know what? That's he didn't direct makes him American, which is kind of funny. Well, he didn't direct Reanimator. I can tell you that much. Uh, and at the end of the day, he produced it. He didn't direct it though. And at the end of the day, he put his money into it. Damn it! I'm just kidding. But it wasn't his vision, and that's not what he's known for. At the end of the day, Zach, shut up. I would say. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's a good <laughs> and and I, I guarantee you Zach's never going to see this movie. He'll tell me he'll watch it, but he'll never watch it. And then uh, there's Killer Joe. Killer Joe is about Matthew McConaughey, who is a cop, and he's also a, a hitman assassin. And he uh, is asked by a family of the worst hillbillies you could ever imagine with Thomas Hayden Church, Gina Gershon, Emile Hirsch, Juno Temple. They ask him to I, kill I, I a family. I will never watch Society. I'm not even going to lie about it. You're, uh, I think you would enjoy Society. Honestly, I think you'd have a ball. It's amazingly funny. And the last few minutes you would love. It's gross and disgusting. Zach, please watch this movie. It's fantastic. It's on Amazon Prime for free. 
So there's nothing stopping you. <laughs> nothing stopping any of you from watching this horrifyingly disgusting movie about a guy who thinks his family's having sex with each other, but it's worse. It's so much worse. Oh my god. <laughs> it's disgusting. And then um, Killer Joe is just a horrifyingly just just white trash down to a T. The only moral character in the movie is McConaughey and he's a straight up murderer. Uh, the last 30 minutes are insane. Matthew McConaughey does something with a chicken leg to somebody else that is horrific. It's horrific. I don't and um, it's amazing and I love it and it is unsettling. And the last 30 minutes are just bloody. It's a trailer trash movie, and the trailer park at the end is covered in blood. Covered in blood. And I love it. I love it. It was a very crazy night for Peter, who has since not forgotten him. Man, they'll stick with you. And that's the point, man. That is the point of a fucked up movie. Sticks with him. It shows you things you would never see in a group of people in a movie theater. It's the kind of thing you see by yourself at like 2 a.m. and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. And then, um, WandaVision. Okay. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So Chris, what else did you watch other than WandaVision? Uh, sheesh. Oh, God. Um, Well, okay, so besides the movie we watched tonight, which I kind of had to watch one and a half times because mom fell asleep um, as she came home from work while we were watching it. So I'm like, that's cool, mom. <laughs> um, God, what did I watch this week? All I can think of is that I finished Hitman 3. That was pretty fun. Nice. Um, Look at you, murderer. <laughs> yeah, my little murderer. You're a murderer. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself now because I'm still waiting, still waiting to get those PS5. Screw you, scalpers. Anyway. Chris, if you want to come and play it, you can come to my COVID-infected house and play it. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's an offer. Hey, man, I made an yeah. offer. You don't have to take it up. No. Um, I haven't really watched anything besides WandaVision. Like, other than, like, I just get bored at night. And then now I've got beef with Mass Effect, I guess. So I'll, I'll, I'll circle the wagons on that later on. Um, but yeah, so... That's pretty much all I do is just watch WandaVision and this movie and uh Yeah. Oh god. I can't wait to talk about Cries of Gradol. So, so Chris. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> we talk about crimes of Grindelwald. Or we cry too much. And they were crimes! Let me tell you. <laughs> yes. Uh what did you think of WandaVision? If Phase four started with any other show or movie. I'd be I'd be disappointed. So you like what you saw? I like. Okay, it's been 
like almost two years since Endgamer Spider-Man or uh, Far yeah. from Far From Home. We yeah. don't know what the Marvel Universe looks like right now. No. And like part of the mystery behind WandaVision is what is the outside world like right now? And I okay. like that. I like I kind of I I'm coming down to say like I like stories like that. Like what is going on out there? Which makes like it's kind of like a Truman show kind of thing, but it's like uh, more like it's like more mysterious. Like what is yeah. the outside world like right now? You should you should sit down and watch episode three when you get a chance. Um, yeah, that's right. I only got the first two episodes. So 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 Chris, did you did you catch the two biggest things so far? Um, are we talking the commercials? No, I'm talking well, about. That, that, I, okay, so Zach, that's a, that's a pretty vague question on a show that's pretty. Okay, okay, okay. Pretty all right. Like, all right. Let, me, let me ask. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Chris. What do you like? What do you think? We we know you like it. What do you think is going on? Okay, I when I first started. Okay, during the first episode, I'm like, this has to be in Wanda's head, right? And then I see the guy, and then I see the end of that episode, spoiler alert, with the guy with the remote in the, like, that little control room kind of thing. And I'm like, there's something going on here. Are they introducing yeah. AIM or something? Okay. Like, is Wanda wait, wait, in, Zach, like... Let him finish, let him finish. No, 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 Zach, I swear to God. Um, go, go, keep going. Like, are they... Introducing AIM or something like that because of like, um, because Wanda's really like upset about Vision, so she's going to like maybe, maybe Wanda's in like this advanced technological like hypnosis, like you know, like, um, like the waving clock, the, the okay. waving pocket watch, um. That would be actually pretty funny if that's what it was. Um, if she was in therapy with Bruce Banner. <laughs> oh, why do I make myself laugh? Um, <laughs> like I'm not a therapist. Say that again, Alex. You're muffled again. He, he's talking to a roommate. Oh, I see. Uh, no, no, no. No, I'm talking to you guys. It, it would be like that scene in the other movie that she does. Alex, your, your microphone. Yeah, Chris, you got uh, Alex. You, you sound like you got a dick in your mouth. What's going on up there? Can you hear me now? Yeah. They're... Yep. All right, all right. So you were saying, Chris? Sorry. There you go. Okay, you're good. All right, Alex. Okay. Um. So. Uh, okay. So that's the thought I have. I was like, this has to be a Wanda's head. She's just like. It's like she's like <sighs> see now I don't think there's enough evidence to go in any direction right now for me personally it's like I don't know what is going on here like uh, no 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 I don't know what's going on here it's just like no that's okay the guy yeah. with the remote is like what I'm stuck on yeah, and yeah, I, the Strucker and the Strucker name drop, like you don't just drop that. Like Strucker, yeah. he'll make time for you. So, so, so excuse, da, 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 excuse me, like 
that set up alarms for me. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. We never watched him die. Like God only well, knows what happened after the snap. So, so, so I'm probably gonna have to watch episode three, which is exactly what was exactly what Zach's about to say, or no, he's about to no, spoil no, no, episode no, three, no, 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 which I will be very upset by. No, I'm I'm trying to help you understand the first two episodes without revealing what's happening in episode three. So so first off, Chris, you you should already know the organization that she's part of. It's it's so No you shouldn't. No yes, you shouldn't. Yes, you see it in the background. No, no. Okay, Zach, this is what I'm saying. And on the back of the B guy. No, Zach, Zach, shut up. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to go talk to mom while you, uh, my real mom and dad fight. Okay. Zach, of course you and I know that shit. Of, but normal people don't know it. He doesn't know anything about Sora WandaVision. That's the whole point. He, he, I guarantee you he didn't know about S.H.I.E.L.D. until he watched the movies like everyone else. We know that there's an emblem on there that has a sword on it. Yes. It's a pretty obvious idea that it should be called sword. Yes. But he doesn't know that. It he also knows has the acronym spelled out. All I'm saying is, Zach, you can't act like he should know these things because there's so much to take in with this show for him. So, like, to expect that is different. Like, I'm, not, I'm explaining it. I just okay, and that's the other thing I want to be careful with is like there are so many theories going around. Yes. Yeah, some things there are some things that we do know for sure yes. are uh, are part of this, and there are things that have been confirmed sure, but that doesn't mean that the show has necessarily revealed it yet. And the whole great thing about this show is the mystery, and I don't want to take away too much away from it, especially since you and I both know what happens in three, which Chris. Not that big of a deal. The mystery's still intact. It's just another episode that's mysterious and fun. So I, I, I just want us to be careful, like yeah. to say what he should know, what he should know. I, I don't think the show thinks that people should know about Sword, but it is there, and they, I think we're going to find out eventually. This is the thing that's going to explain what it is. It looks like, yeah. like comic nerds know about it, sure. And because they know, and we go on YouTube analysis videos because we watch the episodes and new rock stars and Mr. Sunday, all that shit, they're breaking that down for us. So they know that stuff so that we can so, learn about it. Sure. So without revealing what's going on too much further, we've seen... Which we don't know is for sure what's going on. Yeah, we don't. Actually, honestly, even after episode three, we don't. So, so what we've seen is two things. First off, we've seen the sword symbol, and then the B guy also has the sword symbol. We know that sword stands for Sentient Weapon Observation Response Division. And you've already said too much. What? No, it, it's literally spelled out. We, we know exactly... Alex, get out of the tree and spank him right now. He has spoiled the show. Let me, let me ask you this, Zach. Let me, let me ask you this, Zach. Is it on the screen where the person has the remote control? Yes. Guess the one it's burned. Okay. It's also on the back that's of fine. the B guy. It's also on the back of the B guy. Alex, okay, that's fine. Get the spoon. I think this is fine, Chris. You can know about this stuff. Uh, this is fine. Sword is a thing. It's like Shield or something like that. It's an organization. I don't know much about it either. I just know that it's a thing in Marvel. It exists. I know other things about it that I won't say because I don't know how they apply to this yet. But uh, the only things that we know for sure is that Sword is involved with this. That um, uh, that Vision has the stone in his head. That's interesting. Also, also, I just want to make this emphatically clear. 
I don't care about plot necessarily with this show. Why the hell is it a freaking sitcom? Why oh, is it presented that, that way? That, that, that is, is that is literally the most pressing matter on my mind right now. Okay, so, like, so there, are two, there are two things I can say to that. A, there's there's comic history that they are taking from that has led to the reasons why this is the way they went. Past material was inspiration for the rats that they went here. Also, I think that it's just weird and fun and something that these people wanted to do. But it's not – it seems like it's a combination of two stories that existed, uh, two comics that existed. But in particularly the sitcom route, without giving too much plot away, there is a comic book where Vision uh, creates this sort of like – I don't know if he creates a world or if it's just a place that he goes to in his head where it's a be- leave-it-to-beaver type white picket fence sitcom family life that he can go to and escape to where there are also visions there everyone is a vision and it's a place that he can go to and it's based off the tv shows that he likes to watch so whether that is actually what's happening here which i don't think so um i think that that is why it's probably the way it is maybe whatever vision connection is to this he did watch that stuff when he was alive Maybe he watched it with Wanda. Because Wanda was Sokovian. She didn't watch any of this shit. She didn't watch American TV. And she also wouldn't care about the chronological growth of it. That's all something Vision would do. And that's where I think that's coming from. But as opposed to why they would do it, it just seems like a really fun idea. And the balls that they would have to do it is really interesting. Um, One thing I've noticed throughout the process of it is the performances are so good. So good. Catherine Hahn, the neighbor, is so good. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is amazing. Paul Bettany is so funny. Yes, this is all jokes we all know and love, but like these actors haven't had a chance to do this. And it's all great when every line has a hidden subtext to it that we don't understand yet. That's a little bit ominous and sad and weird. And it's just fun. It's just so much fun. Also, uh, Tanoya Paris is who I haven't been enjoying her a lot. She plays uh, Geraldine, their other, their black neighbor. The oh, one... I know. So, but here's the thing about episode two. Wanda is in control of this somehow. Like this, I, like, given how that episode ends, is like how the beekeeper comes out of the sewer and she's just like, nope. Rewi- and then it rewinds back to them and then it goes into color and... Like, she's in control of this somehow. Yes, she has a sense of control, yeah. Yeah. So we are going to find out so, what that uh, means. Yeah. People Her- probably already know, because it's some comic book stuff, which I don't care about. So it's useless to explain it to me. I don't care. No, I, I'm going to find I'm- out. I will say this, it, there are theories out there, and there are legitimate ideas about who might be the villain I don't stuff, but, but, I will, but I will say this, Chris, <laughs> I will say this, that I have found super interesting about the MCU's uh, way about telling these stories, is that they don't really tell these stories, they always have a twist to them, 
And even though people are like voting, show, like showing these these comics around and being like, "This is what I think it's going to be," it never turns out that way. So, do I think that these two stories are good inspirations for what this might be? Sure, but also the it's tied to so many different things, and it's to broaden a different story. Yeah. There's so many ways that you can go. Some people are like, "She's going to be the next villain." Some people are like, "They're going to get married." All we know so far is there's a season two because people like it. So maybe it's just going to be this playful thing that's mysterious and goes on for a little bit. Maybe the mystery won't be that deep and seedy. Maybe it's just something else. We don't know, but like, oh no, like it, and they're going to keep going. So I, I, no one has an idea of what this is. And when that's when you have a mysterious show like that, you get a Lost, you get a Battlestar Galactica, you get a Twin Peaks that always hooks people. A good mystery will always hook people. Let me ask you this. What you were afraid to go into this because you thought it might be a little too weird. How, how do you feel now about that? I mean, no, it's just like it wasn't because it was too weird. It's just that I'm just like before I just wasn't. I just wasn't in the mood for yeah. for a mystery. You know, like I'll keep going. You know, I just like I'm not into like the whole like fan theory speculation thing. Listen. I just came out of the sequel trilogy. Like, I don't need this. This, this is what I'm going to say to you. If you enjoyed this show for that, and I believe you do, and you don't care about any of that, I'm going to suggest something to you that I think is going to that I think is going to it scratch that itch for you that I was it was just hitting me as I was watching the second episode, and really hit me when I watched the third. Which is, if you haven't seen The Good Place, this is that. The Good Place is a completely original idea that's very much like this. And by the end of the day, it's super funny, and it makes you feel so good about the characters and the world. And it, it's a lot like this, but you don't have people going around being like, it's based off this, it's based off that. It's a totally original idea, but very much like this. I, I highly suggest it if all you're looking for is a good time, a great sitcom with good characters and a, an overarching plot. That is so much more interesting than you ever would expect. I guarantee it'll make you laugh. Um, and, I, and after watching all of the episodes again, I was like, you know what? I want to watch The Good Place because it's it, they are very close together. I also loved yeah. the opening of the second episode. It was so funny. It's a lot of shows that this reminds me of that I like. But, and that movies too. But... It was so funny. Did you use your night vision vision? I liked the the the, the whole his perform his drunk performance as the magician oh, was, that was amazing. That was fun. Yeah, he gets drunk <laughs> off gum. Yeah, <laughs> so good. How did you like the How did you like the dinner scene in the first episode? Uh, I've seen so many Disney sitcoms that have done that. I just like. Yeah. But that's the fun of. I was it. just like, oh, okay, all right, this is too much. <laughs> like. Ah! And then there was just that mood, and then I was just like, "Oh boy, this is just like, I'm not gonna get answers until like later on in the season. I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get anything interesting out of this episode." And then like, and then he starts choking. I'm like, and then everything shifts. The audience goes away. And then it's more serious. And I'm like, <clears throat> as I press my face against the screen, I'm just like, "What?" Yeah. I, I've also really enjoyed the the openings every single like the 
the the the like the the show opening, like the the Bewitch style one they did in the second one, uh, and then the one they do they did in the first one, and uh, and even the one they do in the next episode is really really fun. I think. Uh, I'm excited to see the future ones. Yeah, it's just been getting better and better in terms of their performances within the world and the <laughs> things that they get to do. I I love it. Um, uh, in terms of being a good mystery show, I think it's up there with Twin Peaks and Lost in terms of having moments that uh, that are just like Chris described, which is I don't know about oh my god, and then you're just you're in you're just, the the episode uh... three. The dream sequence of Twin Peaks is that, like, the moment you're in that red room and people are talking backwards and there's a little person dancing around, you're like, I'm in. I'm just in. Well, give me anything. I don't care. I'm all about it. Take me on any adventure you want. I'm here for you. How far are you Twin Peaks, Zach? I started the first episode of season two uh, this week, but I haven't been feeling that great. So so I've just been kind of watching, like, the three things I've been watching. So, uh, I'm hopefully in the next couple of days, I'll be feeling good enough to really go hard on it because I really want to. Okay. Like, if they're like, I'm, right now, I'm like, I'm done with season, I'm done with episode two, right? I got yeah. done with episode two. I hope, I mean, part of me is like, I don't want a mystery that is stretched multiple seasons. Like, I hope there's not a season two. Personally, there is, like, there is I hope one. not. I, I, I feel like um, I, 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 it sounds to me based off of what they have said. They didn't know that they were going to get a season two. So they wrote it so that it would feel like an overarching thing, and if it wanted to go further. I was thinking in my head, if was, I was in that room, it's a hit. People want more, and we're going to do more. And we have this overarching thing. What could we do? And it's like, well, they're doing sitcoms right now. What if they did something else? Like, what if they did, like, a bunch of different CSI-type shows and different cop dramas throughout the world? And then, like, they've, they've solved the, the mystery of the first one, but then, like, there's an actual mystery that they need to solve, but they need to use this world to do it. So there's th- there's things that they can like figure it out because if the idea is that the, each episode is supposed to represent a different form of TV, they can keep doing sitcom and keep doing it funny. But I also think they could do like what that Rashida Jones did for TBS, which is be a cop show but funny, like but have a mystery that involves it. But it's a lot of serious. Like when he's choking, that's not a that's not a. That you don't take that shit lightly. She's like, stop it, stop it, and, and laughing. Like, oh, no. it's like, like this is you're like, oh yeah, and then like Vision looks scared, and you're like, okay, okay, um, something's going on here. Like this, there's a legit sense of danger and sadness and trauma involved in this show. So I could see them taking that into other serious things, but also like it would be funny to see like. Vision try to be a beat cop like Barney Miller or something, or try to do a dragnet thing, or then make fun of CSI or a mentalist thing, like or a, a house where they're like doc, like there's so many ways that you can do it, but it depends on what the world is. Is are they doing it to Wanda? Is Wanda creating it? Is Wanda's creation of it 
creating something? Is is this is this something in its own? Can it be something without Wanda? Can it exist on its own? If she's creating this world and she leaves, can the world exist, or is it just her? Is it created for, through her from somebody else, and she just wants to stay there because things are so nice, and she doesn't have to think about what she's lost? There's it. It all depends on what the world is, because they can like. I feel like there's a villain here, and I feel like they're going to stop him, like every other comic book thing. But yeah. What happens to the world when that happens? The, so yeah, if the world the is still thing, around some way and it keeps changing, then the second season can allow for different shows for them to make fun of. The, the other thing we know is that this movie is part of its own kind of mini trilogy with uh, the Spider-Man sequel and Doctor Strange. So there, there is there is going to be a conclusion to whatever storyline we are seeing here, even if it's not resolved in the series itself. Yeah, it's just the world I'm thinking of. The WandaVision yeah. world where they where they are representing they're living in different TV shows. Yeah. That's 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 the thing that, that this product is. It is explaining a story, but like every episode as she blossoms and things change, then like Yeah. I mean it can be something else. The the good place is a prime example of that. It's not the first season, which is not the second season. It could become something better. I think that can happen here. But it's yeah. just about how is the world happening? How, why does it look like TV? Is it the two of them? Is Vision alive? There's so many questions. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. So let's talk about Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, okay. All right, fine. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. All I'm going to say is... In regards mm. to WandaVision, here's what I'm going to say. Thank you. Thank you. This is all I'm going to say. Like, don't take forever. That's my personal preference. Just get it over with. Well, it's not. You know. Like, I, I don't. I seriously. There's something in me that does not want this to drag on for multiple seasons. And I, okay. I don't know what that is yet. But I don't want this to drag on. Okay, so I would say... I know, I understand, like, the fun of a mystery, right? Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, that's a good mystery. Just, like, just, like, don't, like... You know? Like, I don't want this to drag on unnecessarily. Like, long past its... um, Like, long past its, like, peak. Like, Gosh. don't drag this out. Well, you, I mean, the, I get what you're saying. I do, because if you drag it out, you get a lost. Where you add too many mysteries and don't give any answers, people get pissed and they feel like you're just teasing them, and then they leave. And then what they get, they and the people that stay don't feel like they got anything of merit anyway. But, plus, plus well, here's but, my thing. Real quick. Like, my thing is, like, we're going to see eventually what... Phase, the, the phase four world is going to look like outside of this content outside of the show. And once that happens, I'm probably going to lose interest. You know what I'm saying? Cause I like, the, I like the mystery of like, I don't know what the, what phase, what a uh, phase four Marvel cinematic universe looks like outside of WandaVision outside of whatever so, well, okay. bubble they're in. 
Well, that just sounds like where your interest is in general. You're just more MCU like big picture thinking than you are. Maybe maybe MCU that's maybe that's true. Yeah. You're more about the overarching, which is not bad. That's there's only two ways you can look at it, which is you look at each individual story for what it is, or you look at it for the narrative. And they put you in that position. You have a choice because you can. And I get that. Just one focus is more. But what you're talking about is dangerous. And I'm saying this because that's what happened on Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was a show with a mystery that drove the show that led to a town of interesting characters and interesting moments and scenes and jokes and stories and side stuff, all with this desperately sad, kind of horrific murder that cannot really ever be solved because it's connected to too many mysteries in the town. And then they solved it, and no one gave a shit. Chris, this was the first show that people would have watch parties at. It was on the news. In its first season, they were making SNL sketches. It was a fucking hit. It didn't matter how weird it was. The mystery came. Everyone involved. Lynch was like, we can't reveal this. If we reveal the answer to this, the show is dead. I'm telling you. And what did they do? They revealed it. And they did it in the best possible way they could. And then the show sucked. And nobody watched it, and it died in the second season. And it doesn't matter that it had a great season finale of Lynch coming back and, like, breaking down the doors and being like, I'm making this weird again. It was because they gave up on the mystery. And then it became this just stupid show about the people in the town. And you're like, it's gone. The magic is gone. I think that this was written to be one thing. But I think because the mystery is deeply troubling... Like, everyone's scared. This seems like they're prisoners. This doesn't seem like a fun mystery. Whatever is going on is very sort of unsettling and sad and tragic. It, want, it should be solved because we like these characters. We want to see Wanda happy. We want, to, we want the person through the radio to help her. Well, who's doing this to you, Wanda? We want them to be, in the end, okay, Vision wants to come back. He had his, his head ripped open. Like, we want Vision to come back. We want them to be happy. We want, their, we want them to have a happy ending. I think they're gearing towards that. Um, but the aesthetic of what this show is, which is kind of a silly comedy where two superheroes get to be goofballs, which at the end of the day, fuck yeah. Like, the MCU being an awesome narrative that we all care about is great, but at the end of the day, these are just TV shows with people wearing costumes, and you know what? I'm having a great time. So if there's another season where if they solve this mystery or not, but they get to make fun of more TV and Olsen and Bettany get to have more fun and stuff, great. But, like, that means you kind of can't solve the mystery altogether. Something mysterious still has to be there. That world still has to be able to uh, offer more surprises. And they've already put a season two. So I'm only thinking in the context that there is a season two. They, so. they haven't confirmed a season two yet. They have not confirmed a season two. <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, there you go. There you Loki's go. Loki's the only Loki's the only show that's gotten a season two and it hasn't even had a season one yet. <laughs> well, then I read that then I read that wrong and I apologize. Well, there you go, Chris. You have nothing to worry about. Loki is not it's a crook. It's, it's too true. Yeah, he is. But he, you want to okay. So New York Loki. This is New York Loki. He's a bad dude. So okay. I know. I, I, I want to talk about Crimson Grindelwald too, but I want to explore this too because I want to see. I want. I, I want to solve my my own mystery here. So like, um, so for me, what I feel like okay is like just solve 
the like for me just like solve the mystery maybe that is like a universal thing but like when i think back to like okay when i'm what i'm trying to do more of is like okay i'm feeling a certain way why do i feel this way it's just like for WandaVision, like, I, I want to see this solved. I don't want to get invested and wait five years for an answer. Like, I don't want that. Like, I have no patience for that anymore. So, so, like, and, like, the thing that this reminds me of, and tell me that this is, like, crazy for me to draw a comparison to, but, like, this reminds me of how I felt after Force Awakens with Ray's parentage. I was just like, who does so, who does Ray belong to? So, so Chris, who are her parents? You're, you're, why you're, am I giving you're, this much attention finish, to it? Finish, like, why am I giving this much attention to it? Like, um, and it's and then like giving the answer, and then we get the answer apparently, and then the meaning of the answer. And Gosh, like, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, like the uh, meaning, like the, we get the meaning of the answer and why that's what it is, or we come to that conclusion, and then everybody hates it, except, except maybe like half the audience hates that answer, and then half, then that half the audience wants to decanonize the decanonize the sequel trilogy now, which yeah. I'm still not over. Anyway. So what I'm saying is then as a response, they're like, oh no, this is the answer. Whatever the hell happened the last time, that's not I like I just don't want to be burnt again. Like I don't want to be okay, told so, it doesn't matter. Like, you know So before okay, so let me let me just help let me I'm gonna try and help you maybe avoid this landmine next time around because I think there's a way to do it that most people don't really approach properly. And I think there's a properly approach to it, which is <sighs> Force Awakens was written by J.J. Abrams. It was well-established before... And Lawrence Kasdan, but it was well-established well before that had even happened that J.J. Abrams had a problem with setting up mysteries without answers and then well, would a just... a example of this. And, and that's the thing about Force Awakens, which is... Yeah, he sets up these mis. There's a people that I watch that do rewatches on YouTube, and they just did Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. As they were doing that, the boyfriend is showing the girlfriend Star Wars, and he keeps putting these ideas in her head because he's a pro Star Wars, pro. Not necessarily he thinks that Last Jedi is a bad movie, but he doesn't like that. He likes the changes of Skywalker. And I tried to hear him out. I really did, but after a while, I was like, "You're putting these ideas in her head," and I was like, "Is that fair?" is the movie actually putting these ideas in the in the audience's head? And the thing is, it kind of is, but the problem is there's no answer. He never had an answer, and he gave it to somebody else. It's like, it's, it's like if you're getting your story told by your uncle, and he's, like, about to finish it, and he's, he's like, well, you know, the, this thing's happening, the kid's asking these questions, and then she's like, well, are you going to be back tomorrow to finish the questions? And he's like, uh, no, your other uncle is. I'll fill him in. I'll fill him in. You know, he'll he'll figure it out. And it's just like that's why that happened. He gave he didn't have answers to the mysteries. You know what happened on Twin Peaks? They solved the mystery and no one figured it out. Do you know what happened in that mystery and why it was so well done? Because David Lynch knew the fucking answer. 
He knew the answer so goddamn well that when it was at its most popular height, he had his daughter write the book as the victim knowing the answer to the mystery. People knowing the people who make these films is important. Walking into the Man of Steel, my cousin was like, this Superman film looks great. I'm like, it sucks. It's going to suck. He's like, why? I'm like, Saxonator doesn't make good films. He's, there's no way he's going to understand this character. And he didn't. And the movie didn't do very well. And we've had a crappy universe sense that I, I, is somehow coming back into his arms. So I don't know how that happened. And I still don't think Justice League is going to be good. But... I knew with J.J. Abrams of Force Awakens that it was a possibility that that would happen. Patrick, Patrick H. Wellams knew it. And before Rise of Skywalker happened, he said, hopefully, I hope, J.J. Abrams has answers and can end this well to the things that he established. And he didn't. He really didn't. He didn't follow through on a lot of things from Force Awakens that he himself established, regardless of what Last Jedi did. You feel that way because the man who told you those questions didn't have answers to them. I think WandaVision has answers to its questions. I think every, that's the thing. Like I'm watching and I'm like, I feel like everything that's being said and shown has a reason to it. It feels thought through. It, I don't feel like they're just yanking my chain here. I don't feel like there's just a polar bear on the island here. I feel like everything is happening for a reason. And I feel like I'm in good hands. I trust that. If that's the case, give me five seasons of a mystery. If you know what you're doing. If you don't, I'll clock out, absolutely, for sure. But that's why you feel that way. It's because he didn't have answers. Yeah, just like, I'm still... I'm still and you like, should be. I, yeah. I'm Chris, still burnt I, about that. I wouldn't worry too much about it. For, for the big thing is that, one, it's a TV show. It's nine episodes long. There, whatever the mystery of WandaVision is will be solved at the end of WandaVision. Whatever that, greater MCU mysteries there are that may that this show may affect, we'll we'll get answers to those probably by the end of Doctor Strange too. But until then, the mysteries of this show and what this show is establishing, I am certain we'll get answers to. Like, yeah, just my thing is just like have answers and don't milk it. That's all I ask. Yeah, don't I milk think, it. Yeah, and have milking can be hard too. Yeah. I think they milking it can't go wrong too. Milking it can't go wrong they, too. I think they know their answers, and I think I know their answers because because one, I think Kevin Feige's smart, and I think he's planned far enough ahead for their next big event, which we already know what it is. We know it's Secret Wars, so we know that that's what they're eventually building towards. Do we though? Eh, kinda. I don't trust I don't, that the way I didn't trust my Literally, I just, like, I, I, I am I, I don't, I don't trust it fully, but for a final kind of Infinity War hallmark end after three or four phases, I could see Secret Wars. I, I could see I, I say this. Marvel has gained my trust in terms yep. of thinking ahead in their storytelling. Endgame proves it. Are they all winners? No, but are they all in terms of an overarching narrative that you, Chris, care about because they did so well? Has that been perfectly done? Absolutely so far. I think everything as an overarching thing has worked. Are there problems? Like, yeah, but they're also coming back and fixing them in a way. Like, the movies are going to be the big spectacles, but the TV shows get to fill in the gaps. Like, I kind of always wanted 
I always hated the fact that Wanda and Vision had two years between movies, and then all of a sudden these guys come in and start sticking a spike in his head and taking a stone, and they're like, he dies a couple days later. We don't see their relationship. We have to feel it through their performance. Now, we get a chance to see their relationship, and I'm, it, I'm so happy about it. Like, great, grand, wonderful. Give me more of these two characters who never had a chance to shine that I like, that gives these actors performances to do what they want. I mean, like, I feel like this is the kind of show that I would watch no matter how many they kept making because it is about, in a way, television. And I love TV. I've watched it for years. It's uh, the way those shows work are important. They need to go by those rhythms because they are prisoners. When those rhythms break and other, like, thrilling, intense, scary, emotional, real moments come in, that's when the real language of the storytelling highlights. That's when there's like color in this black and white world for me. So it's like, I would love just more episodes of that, just kind of storytelling in general. I just, I think it's so interesting and I don't, I don't kind of care what the mystery is right now. It is fun and everything, but I love how they're unraveling it. I love the slow burn. I love the milking of it. I hate the fact that it feels like a milk because we are forced to not be able to binge it. We are forced to go week by week like old classic television. It just happens. Streaming services are now networks. We're forced to watch it week by week, which I got to be honest, sometimes work and sometimes it doesn't. If you're already invested, which we're all MCU fans, but were we all Wanda Vision fans? How did you feel about Wanda and Vision before you even started this show? As opposed to when Twin Peaks The Return came in, I was already in. I would watch 18 weeks of that straight no matter what, no matter what you gave me. I was already in. Star Wars, same thing for you, Mandalorian. You're already in. Clone Wars, you're already in. No matter what, built in. This is interesting. Who cared about Wand and Vision as much until this show started? People like the show a lot. I was going to say, people really like the show. I think they're both adorable and their performances are great, but I think the show and the mystery of it is why people are coming to it the same way they have so many other shows that have really good mysteries. But every good show with a good mystery and the mystery ends, not all of them survive. Most don't. So you're right, Chris. They ha- it's a fine line, and yeah, you've got to be careful. I will keep going. I'm going to give it a chance. Proud of you, Chris. But you, but the, you moment, made- the moment something goes wrong to me, Oh, man. I'm gonna clock out, like Alex said. I'm gonna clock out. Like I, I feel like you're. I, I understand your one foot out the door aesthetic, mostly because you care more about the grounded material than MCU. But I don't think that's gonna happen, man. Or if it does, it's gonna happen at the end. My biggest fear is that this just at the end becomes a big spectacle of fighting and just a normal good, good guy, bad guy, stop them. And if that's at the very, very end, sure, I'll take it. Because everything before it would have been so much fun because it's the journey, not the destination for this show for me. But if like the, the last four episodes, it's just kind of standard and I can see the parts moving and it like doesn't feel as fun as it did before, I clock out for sure. But I don't think that's going to happen for you, dude. I feel like this is going to grab you to the end. I feel the, like this will grab most people. I feel like this is a really good show. The last four episodes will be paper drawings that they photo scanned. I made that joke before. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, keep doing it man 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm making, uh, <laughs> paper out of my tree. Making the paper yeah. out of my tree. So for, those, are, those are leaves. That's not uh, a printer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure those are your clothes. Oh, I've been shoving leaves in my clothes. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, from what I've heard and what they've talked about a little bit, we're gonna. There's some. We're gonna get some more interesting stuff before this is all said and done. Um, and they're gonna continue to make fun of sitcoms going all the way up to stuff like The Office, Marm Family, and Parks and Rec. So. We're, so from what I've seen of uh, episode three, it seems like they're making fun of the Goldbergs now. So, well, the Goldbergs is making fun of old 1970s style sitcoms and so, Bill Goldberg. Yes, okay. um, it's more tied to stuff like Family Ties than it is. Nah, maybe not Family Ties. Um, like um, seriously, I want a Fresh Prince. Like. <laughs> Chris, Chris, oh, yes. could you imagine the Fresh Prince? We will get that eventually. Yeah, um, but uh, this I want to oh. see Elizabeth Olsen do a rap intro in the comic accurate uh, Scarlet Witch costume. Dude, hell yes, hell yeah. yes. Yeah, with that swiveling upside down <laughs> chair. Yes, I mean, we know that we know we're gonna get a meta episode based on Full House. That's probably gonna be the nineties. Uh, the 90s one, because I was kind of a 90s thing. We'll probably also get a bunch of Fresh Prince references in that, too. There will be... <laughs> yes. like, and probably with that, we'll get, uh, I don't know, like, we'll get some good stuff. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I know that it's from what uh, the creators have talked about with the creation. They're pushing towards kind of the, the, um... The uh, the Parks and Rec office, Martin Family type episodes towards the back end of the season. The kind of um, what's how how would I describe it? Like mockumentary. Uh, yeah, mockumentary style sitcoms. Okay. So, um, I, I, I've, I'm wondering if at some point they just stop and they stop the bubble and it becomes just a normal show. Um, I, I kind of hope that that happens in like the end or the last two episodes and then the bubble still has to exist for some reason or that town has to exist. But And then one, maybe it won't. And WandaVision is just the second season involving both of them in another MCU type thing. And it doesn't involve TV stuff and it's just whatever. But um, I, I'm interested to see their growth and evolution of TV shows because uh, they, are, they jumped from the 50s to the 60s quite quickly. And it's interesting that they get, like, a Cosby show kind of one or 80s ones. Are we getting, like, a Punky Brewster? There's so many routes you could go. So many routes. Um, I just don't – I also don't know how many episodes there are this season. So yeah. There's nine episodes. Well, that's just great. Okay, not that many. Oh, dude, there you go. It won't overstay its welcome. Yeah. So, barring that there's not a season two. Yeah. I was wrong. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I will keep going – I mean, a beekeeper came out of the sewer. I got to keep watching, right? <laughs> yeah. Polar bear he just crawled out the sewer and just looked at him. I swear it was Paul Bettany under that, underneath that suit. Um, uh, no, it's actually a stuntman, for, a famous stuntman for the MCU who's been in a lot of stuff. You got to show his face for once. Yeah. Oh, I know. Anyway. Uh, um, by the way, Chris, or Alex, 
they did talk about uh, exactly what the third episode's based on. Uh, they said the specific ones is the Brady Bunch and Good Times. Um, yes, I know, actually. Because I've seen both of those shows. <laughs> anyway, um, every time I think of the Brady Bunch, I think of that joke on Whose Line Is It Anyway, where they're doing scenes from a hat, and it's just like, how modern problems are solved, how modern problems would be solved on the Brady Bunch. And then, <laughs> wait, when Brady comes out, he's like, Guess what, Peter? Marsha? Guess what? I'm black. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm on a whose um, line is it anyway, Bender. I'm sorry. Like that show is amazing. Good show. Yeah. Good show. Um have anyway. You seen, have you seen any of the early nineties British ones? Few. Interesting. Yeah. They're they're they it's the fact that they have a lot of the same cast, which is why a lot of them still hold up. But yes, I mean the the Drew Carey ones are just amazing. Um, so Even yeah, Aisha Tyler um, ones are kind of good. Yeah. Um. So there you go. So there you go, everybody. One division. Now we must continue our venture into the Wizarding World Crap. of Harry Potter with Fantastic oh, Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. So so so, Chris, real quick, to to go off of what you said last week, titles. Matter. Yep. They do. They I do. Don't matter. They do. They do. Crimes were in fact committed. Were they committed mm. by Grindelwald? Murder. Um. Let's see. Murder. Attempted yeah, white okay. beating, but not actually. Murder. Domestic abuse. Uh, wasting my time. Um. Ouch. Ouch. Wow. Hurtful. That's painful. <laughs> Not only are you going to jail, but you just got scratched, kitty cat. <laughs> um, oh, so, my God. What the hell did I just watch? So, so real quick, before we go really deep into the storyline of this ah! horrible mess of a thing. Alex, you said you had interesting uh, views. Uh, I am very so, curious. So, Alex... What happened to Johnny Depp before this movie? Oh boy. Really wanted to talk about this? Yeah, we have to talk about this. Okay. So Johnny Depp in um, the teens, I think it was 2015. I'm not sure the exact year. But he married, he married for a year Amber Heard, who he met on the set of Rum Diaries. Yep. And by the way. Let him explain the story. I'm giving him dates. So they they got married. It was for a year. And then she told the press that she was beaten by him. Then um, it escalated to the point that she went to court with a black eye and things were contested and things got really bad. And he was painted as an abuser for a bit. Uh, And then a lot of lot of information came out, including recordings from both her and him that proved that not only was he not abusing her, but that she was abusing him and that he was a victim. And um, it did prove that he did drugs and was a drunk, but um, he was also a a victim. So if you look at him from 2015 to now, huge. I'm sorry. Did you take like a shit in his bed or something? Yep. That was. Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's bad. It's, It's abusive behavior. And here's the thing from 2015 to now, six years, Johnny Depp, 
looks like he's been abused and victimized and gone through a huge amount of trauma. Like he look, it's sad. It's incredibly sad. As I did uh, research for this film, I started doing interview stuff, which I'll get into later about the cast. But none of them were talking about Depp. And when they did, it was always nice stuff about he, what he did on set. He would play music with Dan Fogler and to ask him how he felt about songs and whether he should play him at his set that night. He um, at the scene where the um, Queenie is yelling for him to go with her in the fire and she goes in the fire. That was a massive scene for her. Very important. She went to a dark place after it happened. Johnny Depp consoled her and you hear all these stories and I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. And then I watched a fan video of a guy who went to the London premiere and you see Johnny Depp there for a little bit in his video. And I was like, that's the only bit of anything I've seen from Johnny Depp and doing any sort of press for this. And I looked it up. It's two minutes long. It is the saddest two minutes I have ever seen in my fucking life. Ever. I cried. That's a tall, that's a rare, that's, I'm, wow, okay. <laughs> he, is, he is so drunk. He is so, just out of it. He is so sad. He is so depressed. He can't answer a fucking question. No one is applauding for him. It's fucking sad. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. And the more context you get about what he was going through, whether he had actually knew by that point he was fired or not, whether he knew that he was losing court cases. I don't know what was happening that day, but he was drunk and he was sad and he could not hide it anymore. He couldn't even ask us. He couldn't even answer a simple question like, how does it feel to be in this world? What What is the point of Grindelwald? He can't. It's the saddest two minutes I have ever seen in my fucking life. I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. It was horrible. Things are looking up for him these days. Looking a lot worse for Amber Heard. Disney is giving him lawyers to help him. Things are looking up for Johnny Depp. He's looking up. There's a video of him from a couple months ago at a film festival and he's talking a lot better. He's making a lot more sense. He's still a bit, still a bit like giant. Like he's not. He's worse for wear, but he's making coherent comments. He's talking about his art. I would. But like, I would also he's like not to point out Johnny Depp anymore. That Amber Heard still isn't fired from the Aquaman series yet, as of as of today. Reddit is working on the problem as we speak. Uh, Reddit is in fact working on the problem. Reddit does a lot of good work like that sometimes but reddit also is very rarely taken seriously by 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 uh studios in, in terms of this though the way that I, I i as i was looking at his performance here in this movie i was like this is a guy that's done so many different interesting things is he bringing something to the table here and all everyone talks about is he's such a charming man he's so convincing He's just he's getting all these people to do this thing because of the arguments he's making and how he makes them. And I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but I also don't not. Uh, I think Johnny Depp is doing something good here. He's committed to it and he believes it. And I, I don't think he's bad. It's just he's a villain and he's not hamming it up, but he's doing something earnest. And I, I don't think he's bad. But Matt Mickelson will be a step up. And the only reason I think so is because this guy's been suffering for six years. He's been going through some fucked up shit. And yeah. whether he's a good person or not, I don't know. But it's exactly why 
he just it, it's taken a toll on him massive toll so it's sad that he's left to the series because he seems to have really liked this world and really wanted to be a part of it and cared about it and that sucks it really sucks i maybe he'll get to come back one day because this is a shape-shifting person and he'll get his chance again but honestly i think the bigger redemption for most people are looking at would be a redemption for the entire pirates series which is hard to say it's hard to say i think he deserves a chance to come back to this world and play this character a little bit again and the only reason i think so is because these fans are incredibly empathetic just empathetic people in general and they didn't deserve this movie and they didn't they deserved the opportunity to defend johnny depp it's okay they're they're gonna get they're gonna get their they're gonna get their their happy thing with hogwarts legacy at the end at the beginning of next <laughs> we'll see i like mads i like mads a lot um well, so that's they're gonna johnny depp. because they're gonna have Fantastic Beasts 3 and Hogwarts Legacy. If you if you legit want to like see the absolute if you want to see Sadness Incarnate, fucking Johnny Depp London premiere for Crimes of Grindelwald, it is horrifically depressing. <clears throat> Good lord. Um and that's the thing, is it's like I have to admit like if we're going to talk about, like, positive things, like, I thought his performance on Grindelwald was pretty good. He's not bad. No, he's not bad. He's, he, he's just very depressed while he's doing this, and it, it, it shows. Let's just go with that. Um, I just think he's, he, the whole point of Johnny Depp is that he was so attractive, and that we could see him playing this role if he didn't look so bad. But he does look bad, man. If he had, if his face didn't look like he'd been drinking for the past five years, it would be different. But it does. It looks like he's just haggard. If he had the clean face that he did in uh, Rum Diaries, um, or even Finding Neverland, to see a clean-faced guy who's like got some bleached hair, looks like Kiefer Sutherland in The Lost Boys, making these sort of arguments. Yes, I would believe it more. But I don't know if that works here. His performance is great. But I don't. I just don't know if he is as convincingly charming as they, as everyone says he is. Yeah. He so, looks like a, he looks like a villain. He looks like an evil fucking villain. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so, guys, <laughs> Johnny Depp's been for him through a journey. Let's let's all let's all give a moment of silence for Johnny Depp's personal problem. Can we keep it rolling? I'm kidding. That was a so sub joke. That was rude. Johnny Depp doesn't deserve. He's alive. That. He's fine. He he's, also things he's are dead. turning around. For he's him. not dead. He's not he's dead. Not dead. He's he's not, no, things he's are turning around for really, him. Really shitty five years. He's like a shitty six years. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um. So so actually, so so real quick to to talk about Johnny Depp real. Quick, real we just talked about Johnny. Depp. I, I know. I know. I know. To to take a so funny story about Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp's daughter. Is best friends with Kevin Smith's daughter, which I think okay. is interesting. And uh, they both have been in, uh, they've actually both been in multiple VSQ Universe movies, as has Johnny Depp, in fact. Yeah. All right. Uh, be, uh, so, so the real connection with, with Johnny Depp is, and Kevin Smith is that 
their daughters are both very, very good friends, and that Johnny Depp's daughter is the second lead to Yoga Hosers alongside Harley Quinn Smith. Okay. So, with, and it is in fact also has Johnny Depp in it. <laughs> I mean, that was interesting, but I will say this, Chris. Johnny Depp's performance in those movies in the views it's not the view skewverse. They're not in the view skewverse. They're well, in they're, different they're in the Kevin films. They're, they're in a different trilogy of films, which is important because whatever Johnny Depp is doing in those films is fucking weird. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It's crazy. It's weird. Um it's weird. I, I know he's having a ball doing it, but it's weird. Anyway. Uh I mean a lot of a lot of what's happening in Tusk, Yoga Hosers, it's really weird. Yeah, those films are weird. Um, so, but you gee, have to who admit, wants to... he made those so for his daughter to have a good time. So who gives a shit? Okay, I do, I do. I don't want to give him money if I don't need you. <laughs> All right. Yes. All right, cool. Who's going to go, who's <laughs> going to, who wants to go first about their, I mean, in terms of how this... While this movie was made, it was David Yates again. The first movie was yep. a big hit. It did very well. And this movie did not do very well. It's the lowest nope. rated Harry Potter movie, critically and audience-wise. However, there is a huge... The fan base genuinely likes this movie on the whole and is more forgiving, whereas most people who are cinephiles are a more harsh about it. So, I could start talking about my opinions on it, because my opinions, I think, are going to differ from both uh, yours, Alex, and Chris's. What? Yeah. So. <laughs> I talked to I talked to Alex. Great start. A little bit about this. He just, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and do it. So, I want to start this off by prefacing this movie's bad. <laughs> okay? okay. So so right. despite everything, I think this movie's bad. But I think there are some bones to a good movie here. Uh, I'll I'll explain it, all right? So, so if we look at the main motivation for Newt Scamander in this whole movie, pretty much, his whole initial motivation for this movie is that he wants to be able to travel again because he's he's a wandering soul, right? Would we agree with that? I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't just laugh at me. Yes. Keep going. Yes. Keep going. Yes. Yeah. So, so he's a wandering second, soul, yes, and his whole motivation <laughs> is that... Uh, is that um, the Ministry of Magic won't allow him to be able to travel because of what happened in the first film, do, and they want him to pick a side, right? That's the big thing. There's a war brewing. They want him to pick a side. A, I think what Alex said about the previous movie is that the most fun parts is when you have Dan Fogelman being Dan Fogelman and this, this normal guy walking around in a magical world and there's monsters everywhere, and they're just going around trying to capture monsters, right? Okay. So I think that is still true even in this movie. I think that the parts where you have Dan Fogelman running around with Eddie Redmayne 
doing Fantastic Beast things is fun. It's still it's very small, and I even think the secondary plot line going on with Queenie and Tina, to an extent, is still fine. I think the the there's some drama going on where Queenie has has uh, made uh, has made Dan Fogelman's character fall in love with her, uh, not in the way that he wants it, and I think that there's a drama there that can be a lot of fun. And I think that coming, I think the plot of this movie should have always been about uh, accepting, not only just accepting yourself, yourself, but also accepting others. And I think like a big, so you have this plot line that's going on with Newt and his brother, where his brother wants him to be a normal person, but Newt doesn't want to be a normal person. He wants to be Newt Scamander. He wants to... To, to take care of monsters and, and broken things. And you have Dan Fogelman, who wants to be with Queenie, but he can't because of societal norms, right? <laughs> and then you also have this tertiary plot with Lita, <clears throat> with the fact that Newt still has feelings for Lita, can't because she's with his brother, but he has this new love in Tina, who is, whom I... I want to emphasize needs a complete new story because hers is too tied to this whole Grindelwald bullshit that's going on here. Um, but I think that the bones of a good story here is between the the characters of Newt, his brother, Tina, her sister, Queenie, and Dan Fogelman's character, and and the dynamics that's going on with that. I think there could be a really down to earth, fun, interesting you know, go against societal norms style thing that's going on here that could be so much fun. And definitely is a whole movie in and of itself that could lead to something. And I think you could even still set it in Paris, which is the city of of love. And I think there is something there. And I think that there's a lot of fun that you can have with that. But I think a lot of that is bogged down and put away because of the, the, the whole Credence and Grindelwald war bullshit that's going on. Honestly, I even think to an extent they could keep Dumbledore in this and have him be the one that sends Newt to Paris to look for another monster. Just like they, they claim he was the one who did it in the first movie with Frank, the, the Thunder Thunderbird or Eagle or whatever. I think there's still even a story there that you can have fun with. You can keep you can keep Jude Law there to, for two or three scenes to be like, ooh, ha ha, funny, you know, Jude, you know, Dumbledore's here type things. I think there's a story there. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think there's the bones to something there. And I think it gets really bogged down by the back half of this movie. That's terrible. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. There, there is something there. I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I disagree so much. There is nothing here, dude. There is nothing here. There is wow. nothing here to see. <laughs> that was two hours and thirteen minutes of my life wasted. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> like, hey, Alex, you're very quiet here. Oh my god, because <laughs> he's eating popcorn. No, no. Uh, uh. So, Chris, do you want to go? Can I go? Do you want to go? I'll, I'll go last. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go last. Um, 
<laughs> okay. So, all right. So, like, I get that maybe there's something, like, maybe there's something here, but like, I mean, it's like not. titles are important. Yeah, I agree. I I don't disagree with you, Chris. What I'm was just... the thing that I said was the most enjoyable thing about the first one? Was Dan Fogelman. It was always Dan Fogelman being... Fogler! Fogler, whatever. His last name is either Fogler or Fogler, however you graduated from... Jacob Kowalski! Thank you. What I said was them as a unit tracking down Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Silly, fun, adventure... Yeah. I'm saying that there's the both... Whatever there was in... Whatever of that was in... Fantastic Beast was cut in half in this movie. Like, it was hardly there, except with that weird Chinese cat monster with a little bell thing. That was pretty fun. It's like, he pulls yeah. this thing out, it's like, eating. and he's like, like a cat. Guess, it was really cute as a cat owner. Like, um, I, said, like I said. Oh, yeah, he's not, he's not making funny sounds and snorting anymore. It's a silly bell. Yeah. yeah. There, like I said. There's stuff there that could be a good plot. It's just all bogged down by the fucking Grindelwald shit. I disagree. I don't think there's much here, dude. Like, okay, so, 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 so. Why, okay, so. Why the heck should I care <laughs> about Credence? About what, Credence? Why, why should I care? Okay, listen. So, Credence's whole thing is that he's trying to find his birth mother. He's trying to figure out where he's from. Yeah. That, that's and terrible. so... So, he's going with Nikiti, who is apparently the snake that Harry Potter is going to talk to later down the line here. No, no, no. Nagini, Nagini is Voldemort's... Nikiti? I say Nagini. I heard a T. Nagini. No, it's, it's Nagini, no T. Ezra Miller is a piece of shit. Um... <laughs> I'm gonna get into that. So yeah, piece of, actual piece of shit. Really. I swear he said the Gitti. No, I'm it's holding him to that. I'm holding him to that. I'm gonna get He's I'm like, gonna get into this. Anyway. So like for me, I it's like they get together in this tomb, right? I'm I took in this whole movie, right? With Dumbledore explaining that it had to be Newt, who is a tracker of fan like He's the okay, so this so Newt, right? Newt Scamander, who is this lack of a better term, zoologist. Okay, he's okay, an animal a expert of the wizarding world. And he is asked by Dumbledore to track down a wizard nationalist terrorist. Um um, that sounded, and that, what I just said, is weirder than Teenage Wizard War Movie, or whatever Alex said last week. Um, and so, this, this animal, this animal, like, caretaker is as to go after a, like, an international terrorist of the wizarding world. And... So, <laughs> and Grindelwald has zero ties to any Fantastic Beast other than the fact that Credence is a Obscurial. 
And if Obscurials are so powerful, why aren't they breaking wand magic? I'm just like, Credence is a freaking pussy, okay? Like, you can't even break the shield that a wand generates, all right? Like, if he's so powerful, kill the guy. Because he might as well have, because that guy never shows up again. So, I'm, like, sitting here, I'm digesting this, I'm trying to find a reason to care, and I can't find it. And so they all get into this tomb, and they're all blabbering on about how part of Lita the Strange's bloodline, which I have zero context to. I don't know why I should care about the Lestrange bloodline. I'm pretty sure it comes down... If it does come down the line later on in the Harry Potter movies, we should have started with Philosopher's Stone. I, and I, I like, like and I will argue that. Like, There's we should have started there. Ella Baumgartner's right character in the later movies is a Lestrange. There's no real context outside of the fact that later an... Uh, uh, a descendant of hers or someone from her family is a villain. That's it. Okay. So that's great to know. Thank you. Um, So, (laughs) God dang it. So they're all blabbering on about the Lestrange, like, bloodline. And I'm just like, I I don't know anything about this universe. I don't know why this, any of this is relevant. Um, And so, and so, can I finish? So <clears throat> I am sitting there. I was just like, this is going on and on and on. And then she switches the baby with another person from the cabinet in a boat. Rough stuff. What? Yeah. Like. Bad movie. Bad movie. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Bad movie. You want you want to know something even worse, Chris? About this how movie? dare you put that money back in my wallet? <laughs> put the cookie back in the jar, Chris. How dare you? Wanna, you? You want to know what makes this even worse? Slap on the wrist. There is nothing in this movie that's particularly relevant to the next eight movies we're about to watch. Why did we start with these? <laughs> I am now like Alex. I can't believe you did you did, you. I can't believe you managed to convince me this is the way to do it. Like, I would have rather we ended on this because this has nothing to do with what's about to come. I can, here's nothing, the thing. Except Dumbledore. Okay. Dumbledore. Well, okay. I'm going to, okay. And whatever's that, around Tina, Tina's neck. That's apparently that Hermione uses. Now, now that you've made your piece, I'm going to tell you. Fix your mic. Fix your mic. Fix your mic. Hello? Can you hear me? There you go. There you go. You're good. All right, so here's here's how I feel about all of this. Um, is this film so steeped in lore that the only, like, do I think the most rewarding experience from this film can happen if you've read the books and seen all the movies and know everything about the lore? Absolutely. This is the Rogue One of the Harry Potter world. Where it's the it's like a geeky thing that you kind of need to know. Like it was a geeky joke how they got the plans and now it's a fucking movie. But like that movie knew what it was. It was a World War II movie. It's a mess, but it doesn't matter because it's a World War II movie, and it knows that. Um, but the thing about Rogue One being a World War II movie is it's a World War II movie. This movie is about World War II. What the fuck? <laughs> First of all, first of all, what the fuck? 
seriously, what is that about? Like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna get into this. Okay, so Alex, you might okay. as well. You might as well just go. Just go. Okay. Like I've been it's waiting all week for this. I've been okay, waiting all week for this. So first of all, okay, is it is it most rewarding experience if you've known all that stuff? Yes. That J.K. Rowling wrote it that way. There are so many little things in here that if you are a fan, you were rewarded by it. the Lestrange stuff, all that stuff. But yeah, also none of it really necessarily matters, which is kind of why everyone else who isn't a, like a deep seated fan of Harry Potter doesn't give a shit about these movies. And that's the most important reason why I started with them, man. Because the Harry Potter movies, the eight of them, are actually genuinely good movies. And if we ended on these, whether we did it now or we did it later, we'd feel the exact same way, which is even if we did care about what's going to happen next year, we're not going to know for another year or two anyway. So what does it matter? Why don't we watch one that, in my opinion, is the most beautiful-looking example of this world we're ever going to see? Like, there's magic everywhere people were evaporating spells are happening left and right there's dragons this as an example of what this world is is beautiful also being a period piece also just being genuinely a beautifully shot film like as a film that is introducing us into this world how dangerous it is what it takes to be a part of this world yeah i kind of like that we got that out of the way now because when Harry Potter shows up and they keep looking at him and they're like Voldemort and he's like, well, who's that? And they look at him with the dead eyed look in their face. Yeah, there's some fucked up wizards in this world. We're going to do some fucked up shit. So you better get prepared, Harry. This ain't nothing, man. Eventually this shit's going to get real. Dude, I do like that. We got that. Kids we movie. got that here and I do like that. But here's the thing. The tonal shift takes eight movies to get there. It takes a halfway point in that series for you to realize, oh, death is a thing here. Why do you do it in two movies in this series when the first one was about goddamn animals? I, mm. All right, okay. So, <laughs> He's slamming his desk just like me. I'm worrying up on him. I'm going to calm down for a bit. So here's what really bothers me the most. Is uh, I kept thinking about, is it my fault for the expectation of watching the first film and thinking that this was promoted both by the title and just the general trailer and vibe of the film and 75% of this film, the first one, uh, that it's about a guy running around trying to get animals. It's about the Fantastic Beasts, but it was genuinely about these four different people and how they got together. And yeah, Chris, we're going to go on and find beasts, but it's not because 35% of that movie is a guy going around killing people. And it's just this weird, dark element to the film that I don't think is badly done. I just think it's a tonal shift that doesn't work. And none of it works because of it. In this film, it takes a half an hour for the film to state what it really is, which is that, Queen, which is that Queenie and Tina have relationship problems with Newt and, and the baker and Kowalski. Jay Kowalski. And the, they decide that they're going to go find the girls. While at the same time, you know, maybe they'll get Credence too. It's, Dumbledore sends them on that mission, so that's important. Credence and the women. And what does it turn into? Queenie at the end becomes a fucking Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Blonde hair, blue eyes, it works. What the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> I... And again, oh. I haven't seen this side of you since Norman the Dark. It took two 
movies. Are you kidding me right now? Not only that, not only that, but let's say you have two different stories here, which is that you have these this guy who is, by the way, I love Newt. And I get why people love Newt. He is an emo- he is an empathetic person who sees the people empathetically. The best line of the fucking movie is when Lita's like, you have not met a monster you didn't love. That's Newt, and I fucking love it, and I'm totally about Eddie Redmayne playing it. I'm totally in it. I'm in, I'm in for Newt. Newt being a person who does not want to be a part of World War II at a time where, yes, there are many movies, many World War II movies that are about people who didn't want to be a part of the war, and then the war is at their doorstep. Happens all the time, and they go on and they help the war. If a ma- if this was a story about a man and his animals going on to help in the World War II of this wizarding world, I would be all about that. But it doesn't really start out that way. It has so many other things working because of all the Grindelwald shit that has to be told, they don't have time to tell us who Queenie really is as a person. In the first movie, we only know Queenie as like this innocent mind reader who's so interested. She's basically this very pleasant, innocent person. In this movie, apparently she freaks out if you call her crazy. What? <laughs> what the fuck is that about? What is that about? Like, when did, where did that come from? Like legit, she's like walk with me. No, 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 let him go, Zach. Let him go. I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, and then she's like, she's willing to become a Nazi because she can't marry somebody. Are you kidding me? That's what you're doing here. Like, I don't, I don't get this. And this is, and this is when I was like, what? When I was getting through all this, I was like, all right, what, what is Ezra Miller doing? What's Credence doing? Why is he still around? First of all, I think Ezra Miller is better in this film. I think Credence is more confident. But what is Credence doing the entire fucking film? He's running around and he's like, who are my parents? Who am I? Who are my parents? I literally can't do anything next in my story unless I know who my fucking parents are. And meanwhile, everyone else is running around being like, we're going to save Credence. Credence is this. And it's World War II. It's fucking Star Wars. It's just... It's just Star Wars, man. He's literally standing there begging, begging for the everyone in the movie to just tell him who he is. Meanwhile, Zoe Kravitz is killing it with a far more interesting story and comes to a far more interesting decision and gives the best line of the movie. And Credence is in the background crying like a baby. And he's like, who am I? And I'm like, here's your Ray and here's your fucking Kylo Ren right here. And then what happens? Space Nazis. No, no, she doesn't even do space Nazis. She does actual fucking Nazis. That's the thing. Like, Star Wars is role-playing as Nazis. That's like when you role-play with your wife and you're like, ha, 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 take the costume off, we'll make love, and then we'll, you know, put the kids to bed. Like, this is no, no, we're, we're, we're fucking Nazis now. Queenie's a Nazi. By the way, she kidnapped her husband. She, she, couldn't, she kidnapped a man and then forced him to, to almost marry her, which is just a way of being like, oh, she's a villain already. She has villainous tendencies. She's the one we have to save at the end of this. And it's like, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. Even if I liked the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, even if I was totally about that, this isn't entirely about World War II. And when it does, it's like a swift kick in the balls, man. You do that halfway through your series. They do that way better with Goblet of Fire. And we get, well, when we get there, we'll figure that out. But right here, they did something they were supposed to do in movie three by movie two, and it's too much. They kill babies twice in this movie. Two mm-hmm. babies are killed in this movie. 
two. Two babies are murdered in this movie. <laughs> what the? F- it's called Fantastic Beasts. What? What are we talking about here? <laughs> I want. And I, like I've watched the cast and their interviews, and man, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is cool as fuck, man. I actually kind of really like him now. I, I mean, I don't know what happened with that woman. I got to watch that video. But, dude, he seems like an awesome dude. And more importantly, he is the biggest Harry Potter fan I've ever seen. He is just getting shafted left and right. But as I was watching this movie, and I just the moment that Johnny Depp walks up and gives him the wand, and he's like, you're Dumbledore's brother. And then he immediately whips around and shoots a bolt and blows up a mountain. I fell on my knees laughing and almost pissed my pants. <laughs> I, I doubled over on my knees and almost pissed my pants laughing. I was like, fucking Star Wars. This is what you get. This is what you get. You get a goddamn whiny motherfucker running around being like, who's my family? Where am I from? And it's like, there you go. Yeah, this famous person's brother. By the way, no one's ever heard of this guy. This is a brother that's never existed in the world. Well, this is not future stuff. We're gonna he's gonna have another brother that we'll meet and learn about, sure, but it's not this guy. This is solely so much you're, you're the magical mysterious missing brother of Dumbledore right. and he just turns around all like powerful. No yeah. training, by the way. He just <laughs> turns around and whips a fucking wand and blows up a goddamn mountain and I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. I, fuck I, this. I fuck you. The other brother in, that we'll find out about later is actually like backed up in lore and like characters like, oh yeah, he had this brother. He just doesn't like talking about him. Like this dude, like Ezra Miller is legit just like, I never knew I had you. <laughs> It is, it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. In a <laughs> it was so funny. Like, if you compare the moment where he tells, like, people just, like, I, I, they just complain about Ray not having any training, and then literally the moment he's told who he is, he whips around and he's the most powerful wizard ever. And it's like, fuck off. Fuck you. Fuck all of this. Even, the thing is, is this a movie for the fans? That is so dipped in lore, so soaked in it, that it doesn't even matter what the story is. If the characters and performances and world and <laughs> movie looks semi-good, <laughs> then they'll be satisfied. But as a movie, this sucks. This is awful. <laughs> this yeah, is not yeah. a good movie. This may be pleasant in like when Grindel the very opening scene where Grindelwald <clears throat> escapes, awesome. Awesome scene. The CGI with the cat, great. Uh, when he's uh, just swimming around with that like seaweed monster, great. Uh, um, there's so many interesting things about it that I liked, as as just little things. But on the whole, it is a waste of time. It is like I I loved the scene, and I'm gonna say like since we're not gonna watch anymore, they um, Rowling has come out and said that um, Newt and Tina do get married. And they do have kids. So when you see them in this movie, like knowing that she read his book, and then they have that conversation in the hallway, those moments are nice, especially when you know that they do end up together. That is nice. Oh, but God. Fuck Tina. <laughs> I, I love, first of all, I love Catherine Waterston, but at the same time, I'm like, as a romantic element, no, he should be with Lita. He should be with Lita. 
He should absolutely be with Zoe Kravitz. Tina should be with um, Jacob. And Queenie shouldn't even be in the fucking movie at all. Oh my god, really? I swear to God. I sw- that's how I see it. Like, I love Queenie, and I love the performance, and the actress seems very nice. But at the end of the day, like, it would be way more interesting if, like, Newt was uh, Newt was just this sort of person. He was asexual. He didn't have a thing. He met Jacob, and then the aura shows up, Tina, and then she and Jacob fall for each other. And then Newt, ha- Newt has more history with Lita. He comes up and he's like, I'm not into Tina. I have this Lita person I have to go back. Then he gets to the next movie and Lita's engaged to his brother. And then all of a sudden Lita has to go to the dark side, but she doesn't die. And then he has to get her back and stuff. Like, obviously the brother's going to stick around and be a bigger part of the series, but Lita should have. He should have been with Lita. The moment she says that and the moment I heard her story, I was like, yes, absolutely. Like, what the hell happened? Like, you should explain that. Don't explain it after she's dead. There are so many things that need to be explained in this just on a movie form that they think they're okay with getting away with later. They're not. I get that we are watching a movie about a character who's based off a textbook from another movie that's based off another book. We're deep inside the lore of something, but this is also movies. These are movies, the most popular form of storytelling in the world. You, you have to hold people's hands. You have to. That's the way this works. You can't have the most in-depth lore story and then just like in-depth world and then like give the shittiest story ever. The tonal shift from one movie to another is insane. You cannot end the last movie with Jacob and Queenie being together and then in this one Queenie is screaming at her loved one to be a Nazi with her and then she walks through a wall of fire. What the fuck are, what, what the fuck is going on? awful and it's terrible and i don't get the story at all i think it's awful and when they when i was watching the interviews all of them seem like they're having a fantastic time everyone seemed like they're having a ball just like they the there's this guy for mtv his name's her josh Hurwitz. he's great everyone seems to have a good time with him they seem to enjoy talking with him they're having a good time chatting with him and then he asks how they do they have any questions after the ending of the film? And everyone gives a look. And none of them are excited. And <laughs> all of them are confused. They're not frustrated. They're not sad. They're just confused. Because they don't know what's going on next, and they can't, because they may leak it. But also, they just don't know. And I was like, yeah, that's how we all feel. That's just how normal everyday fans feel. It doesn't matter how in-depth with the lore you are, you're getting a bad story. And if a normal person can't look at that, look at this movie and see like, yeah, there's merit to the story, then you've done a bad job. I, I don't I don't get it. How are they fucking up this badly? <laughs> like no one's who made the decision, the studio or her, to just push so drastically for that ending and they're like it's the empire strikes back and it's like out of five movies you don't do that on movie two you don't you do that halfway it's the halfway mark of a trilogy and they're making five films you don't do it that easy oh god (laughs) i wanted i wanted to do this first because i thought this would be bad but i didn't think it would be this (laughs) fucking bad (laughs) i didn't think 
we were gonna get two dead babies and a and like the <laughs> sweetest person turning into a Nazi kidnapper. I didn't think that was gonna happen. I, <laughs> I'm genuinely not interested. Alex, I love Where's my poopa <laughs> Just don't get it. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? You won't marry me. I'm a Nazi. Oh okay. my god. Right. Alex, hey, we're doing I think Chris is gonna piss himself. Chris, gotta get all the giggles out, okay? We gotta talk about this seriously. This is everything that I wanted. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> Oh God! Whew. Oh God! You, you, okay? You okay? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> My speaker fell over. No, don't. There we go. Okay. You, you okay, Chris? Oh God! My stomach hurts. Are you sure you're gonna? Oh. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. Oh God! Who has the fucking balls to actually do World War Two? You don't do World <laughs> War II. If you're going to do World War Two, you do Man in the High Castle and you actually do it. But you don't, like, do it. You don't actually create Nazism and then, like, take your sweetest characters and be like, well, this happens. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I didn't even th- I didn't even think about the full weight of that though, like, like it's more, oh, yeah. That's why I like Star Wars portrayal of it. Portrayal of it, like they're just fodder to be shot, or you know they're just u- they're using fascism as a as an ideology. And like the Jedi, there is a genocide, but it happens well well after the original series where he's committed to this being possibly a metaphor. No, she's just like one hundred and ten percent like this guy does not like this race of people and he is convincing people slowly and people are like, you have to choose a side, which is what happened in Germany and your sweet character because she can't get married is like, I'm just going to join a war criminal. And if you don't join me, I'm just going to scream at you because guess what? I was crazy all along. (laughs) So, Oh God. The thing about Queenie is just like her and Jacob show up to London in Jacob's like townhome, like out of nowhere. First off, like they just show up out of nowhere, like, and then she is like enchant. Then she that turns out she enchanted Jacob to get him to marry her, even though there are like legitimate consequences to that. Tossing a, tossing aside the fact that they had mentioned in the previous movie that they are more progressive in London, and so literally they could theoretically get married in Europe, but apparently, like that's not the whole thing is like so muddied up, right? It's just so muddied up. Like they shouldn't get married. Because that's bad for Queenie, and they're gonna lock her up, and then obviate 
like super ultra mega obliviate Jacob because apparently getting rained on didn't work. No, he only um, he, he, he only had bad. He only had good things. He only remembered good things. Like when he only got fucked by that rhino thing. So funny coming from the create from the creator of this franchise. That's so funny. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, I am Alex. You wrecked me. I am in tears right now. Um, let's fuck so, this, man. <laughs> you have you have the wizarding world of Harry Potter. You have the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You have an excellent cast sitting in front of you with an interviewer that's lobbing them softballs. And they don't know what the fuck is going to happen next. Nobody does. In fact, I remember sitting there watching and I was like, you know what? You know what this feels like? It feels like if they – it feels like everyone in this cast it can't wait. To, it would love to go back to work. And see these people and work on these characters and do this job and create this world. And then the moment they heard that it was going to take a year for them to work on it and they were going to take a year break, I feel like everyone was like, thank God. <laughs> so I'm unpacking. unpacking. <laughs> so, fix this thing. So, anyway, just like, like Queenie is just like, 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 like I said, it's just, it's just that whole situation is just all muddied up. It's like they're in they're in Europe. It's more progressive in terms of like Muggle and wand wielders, um, and like Queenie's like, let's just get married here, and Jacob is not okay with that for whatever reason. Like, well, he lives in New York. And they he would, does live they in New York, live, and they have a bakery. They both live in New York. Like that's where his job is. That's where his store is. And if they get married there, and then go over there and say they're married, then she will get jailed for being a, an American citizen. True. Okay. That. Okay. That, okay. Um. Anyway, like. Okay. Well, so also, then... they just don't have to get fucking married. Right. So. Like and then and also, I, I would, and the, no, I agree with you though. The biggest answer here is Jacob just moves to fucking London. Why don't you just move to London, dude? Um. So anyway, but like, okay. So there's that stuff with Queenie and Jacob, right? <laughs> then, then apparently Tina. There's this thing with Tina and Lita and Newt, and Newt needs to, like. Newt needs to get with a woman that do, that needs to get with a third woman that doesn't have the same like vowels in their name, and uh, <laughs> like I, seriously, he's got something about vowels. Um, I, he's got something about. Does he have a, just a massive cock or something? Because there's there's three women, three women in this movie throwing themselves at him. Did you guys forget the assistant that lives in his briefcase? Because the movie does. That was not the briefcase. It was his closet. It was his basement. It was. See, I don't even know the difference. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, so then there's like this love triangle with Tina and Lita and Newt, and, um, and his brother, and his brother. Okay, so it's a quad square. Bleh. It's a square. It's a, square. It's a, it's a love square. Love square. Um, but it's also confusing as shit because there's a lot of yeah. information. It's confusing as shit because it's filled with information and backstory about Lita and him that you don't know. And the only backstory you get about Lita and him is no, about Lita and the baby. And then there's the brother and her and how did they meet? And then what happened between him and Tina? There's so many questions about just that 
that that's not a, the movie doesn't have any time. No, okay, that's not even the worst thing about this. Like, like this is not that's not the thing that rolls the big thing rolls my eye. Like the whole conflict between Tina and Newt is typo in a magazine. Well, not necessarily. I Freaking thought that. What? That's not necessarily the truth. However, they the movie is super confusing about this. Okay, so I think that's the case all the way up until it turns out Newt wrote a letter that said he doesn't want to have a relationship with an aura because he doesn't believe in anything that she believes in. He thinks that their beliefs that he doesn't want to deal with anyone who just goes out there and kills things. That's what happens for one scene. And then when he admits that he's not engaged in there to see her again, then they never follow through. They never follow through on their relationship again, ever. And then it's all about Grindelwald and Credence and all that and World War II. And it's pick a side. Like, Please make sure we do not forget about World War II and Dead Babies. I, we, that, that needs to be hammered home. Um, that this exists. So there's that. Like, no, no, no. Like, seriously, that to me was the biggest issue because, like, oh, she's not talking to him because of a typo in a magazine. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. One conversation is going to end this. That, and then it takes an hour to get to that, get to said conversation. Anyway. No, no, then, it was that they, it was that he told her that they didn't, they shouldn't be in a relationship. And then she thinks that they, he got immediately engaged with his ex. And she was like, fuck that guy, which I would be like, fuck that guy. Which is contradictory to what, how the first, how the last movie ended when he caressed her face before she left. Um, she liked it. Apparently he didn't. Because he's ace. So, but again, this points to the fact that the movie is so focused on this World War II bullshit and this this dark Grindelwald crap that we don't get time with the characters. So much so in the first movie that when the second movie comes, they just skim over three okay. months of important character development. Okay. So, 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 so. Okay. Like I said, okay, stuff please. with, uh, stuff with, there was stuff with Queen, Queenie and Jacob where it's just like, apparently she's a Nazi. And Jacob can't stop calling her crazy, which is just like stop. Walk with it's, it. it's like aside from the fact that Queenie is actually in fact crazy, like Jacob isn't doing himself any favors. Um, there's the love square between Theseus and Lita and Tina and Newt, which was like which started really started love. started over a letter that Newt wrote. Would you really and call then it a typo in a magazine? Though? Stop. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm. I'm making a point. So there's the love square started over a letter and a typo in a magazine. There's Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Okay. So when my mom. <laughs> so God, when my mom. About that. No, like I haven't spoken to my mom about this movie. I will, I will, I will before uh, next episode. I promise. But um, when we first saw this, I was like, "Mom!" When they did the whole like blood pack, like, "Mom, they're gay." She's like, "That's not what that means." I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> you gotta be kidding me!" That's exactly what it means. 
It, it, it is as coded. It's as coded and as gay as can be without actually saying the words were gay. That which is exactly yeah. the kind of thing that J.K. Rowling would do. Yeah, which she has really done. <laughs> um. So. Like. 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 I. What? Okay. So, th- like. Okay. Like, no. 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 Like. Literally, they put that scene in. They put that. Co- they put that scene in. And that whole device in, and then they put, like, and then I guess wait, they wait, wait, like, wait, wait, well, we got no, 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 no. I'm, so, I'm trying to get context here. So you're telling me that when your mom saw the scene where they first, said. When she first saw it. Yeah, yeah, when she first saw it, and they said, he's like a brother to you. And he's like, no, he's more than a brother. She didn't see that. Nope. She doesn't. I guess she does. <laughs> yeah, I, she doesn't well, look out for that kind of stuff. I'm not aware of that. That's literally him I, screaming. Again, he's my gay lover. Like no, what? well he's not. He's not. That's the thing. It's as coded as coded can be, so that people like his mom don't have to think about that. But it is. So, he's gay. No. Okay. So of course, yes, he is gay. Yes, they are gay. Yes. He's very yes. gay. So might as well be flaming. So Dude, he's gay. Credence is bi. Yeah, for sure. Bro, bro. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Remember in the last movie when Colin Farrell was talking to him in that alleyway, and he gets really close, and he touches his face, and then when he disappears, Credence like leans into his hand. It's again coding no, that he is gay. But also, so, but I, oh, anyway, yeah, they don't say anyway. Ezra Miller is queer, so like, like he is. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Like, like that that adds to it, but like that's a whole anyway. Nother, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> anyway, so there's this thing between Grindelwald and Dumbledore, and if they like, they're gay. Just say they're yeah, gay. They're they are gay. I said they were gay. They were they were in a no no no, no, no crap guys, guys. on the microphone. Just they the crap they were in a relationship. They were yeah. at one point in a relationship. So there's that. Like, there's that whole thing. It's like I can't move against Grindelwald because I made a blood pact again. I made a blood blood pact with him because we may have boned in Hogwarts. Don't tell anyone. Um, Grindelwald did not go to Hogwarts. He went to Drumstring. We'll find out more about them in Goblet of Fire. <laughs> J.K. Rowling's gonna change that. Um. So, I, no. They, yes. What? She, She's capable. She has done it before. She will do it. I, I so, guess, but like, but like, she literally—that's literally her writing. Who said that? Ah. Anyway, so like, <laughs> don't even Harry Potter me. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a point. So. <laughs> So, what I'm trying to say is, like, there's, like... There's Nazis. There's Nazis. There's this World War II. Yeah. Like, such as, like, girl, I don't, I don't think them... I think the mother. And then he shows them pictures of World War II. He's like, that's what we're fighting. I'm just like, so you're fighting humans. Yeah. You're fighting humans who start war. I was like, oh, my God, you're, like... You're Nazis. So, Zach, can I... Can I... Can I speak? Yes. Okay. So, Queenie and Jacob, the love square, 
Grindelwald and um, Jude Law. Dumbledore. Then there's Credence and Nagini. Knee. And then they're trying to find his real parents. And there's a whole thing. Then there's like the Lita Lestrange like whole, is that my brother? Is that not my brother? I killed a baby one time by switching out one in the crib, which was insanely stupid. Um, She drowned that one too. So, what? And then you're left with all these stuff. Like, this is what's in the movie. Where are the Fantastic Beasts? But there's a kitty. And a Niffler. They're around. They're around. No, they're not. They're about. Like, they are about, but they are not as advertised. Like, you had one job. They took your note, actually. They did exactly what you said. The last one was called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, but it wasn't. It was just Fantastic Beasts. We didn't know where they were. They didn't do the second part. This time they said Fantastic Beasts, which there are some, but we're mostly about the crimes of Grindelwald. We're going to kill some babies. Get ready. (laughs) Grindelwald has nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts except for the cute little salamander he threw out the window. I was going to say, he's that fucking murder. That was a Fantastic Beast. Fantastic Beast. Dude. Where is he now? Dude, he fucking the murdered that. Because um, of the crimes of Grimdewald. Dude, he fucking murdered that lizard. That's fucked up, man. So, like, why... It always just comes back to why did Newt, animal-loving, like, adventurer, and, like, citizen of the world, have to go and hunt an international terrorist? Because trying to start because Grindle because Dumbledore made a blood pact with his gay lover, and then didn't think that he was so corrupted that he would bite him in the ass. Like, how would here's the thing? How would how would freaking Dumbledore fall for a guy like Grindelwald? Like, are you serious? I mean, I know he could, I know he I know he convinces everybody because he's got a still because apparently he's got like one of those like clever tongues that all those like um, witty or not witty like all those charismatic. Um, leaders have these days which i'm getting quite tired of that villain trope by the way i don't want to see that ever again so like so what i'm saying is like god you threw me off like i don't even know what i was gonna say but so so chris i you're correct you're 100 percent correct i just want to give you a little bit of context dumbledore fell for grindelwald what are you gonna tell me next that he boned voldemort yes um (laughs) But I just put that into your head. You're welcome. Yes. Get your mind out of the goddamn gutter, you piece of shit. Um, Alex, get naked and paint me that. <laughs> All right, here I go again with the naked painting. Here we go. It's a living idea. Put on an afro wig. Uh, so, okay, uh, put it on the wig. Being Bob Ross naked here, getting some trees out, being peaceful uh, about it. Uh, oh, my penis is erect. I know. Chris, I, I know you're a little awkward in, in the relationship department. Alex, you're less so. Uh, Mostly because my penis is erect. Yeah. Um, but love d- makes you do weird shit. And Alex, I'm sure you can confirm this. People, <laughs> people do. No. Chris, Chris, don't laugh about this because this is real. This is real life stuff. 
This is not where I wanted us to go. All I was saying is, why? I'm a <laughs> well. Well, that's that's the thing. I, I, if I, it begs a lot of questions again. That like Dumbledore is a manipulative kind of son of a bitch. He knows that this is his little brother. If that is in fact his little brother, which I don't think it is, I think Grindelwald is lying. But he does know what Grindelwald is capable of. He's going for an excuse, which are dangerous. The reason he's sending him is because in the last movies, in the last movie, he's dealt with it. He's been able to extract it out of a dead person, but this person is alive. Maybe he can teach this person to deal with this power, this animalistic power inside of him, which is how he's treating it. it the way he treats animals is the way he can treat this person who at the beginning of this movie, Credence is caged like an animal. So I, I think that element could be there, except there's like 50 million other fucking things. And here it lays the, the biggest problem at the foot of the bed of everything outside of the world war two thing, which is fucking stupid to do in two movies. Look, if you want to do it, do it in five. And if that's your plan, great, but you don't do it in two. When the first one is called fantastic beast and where and find them. What the fuck is wrong with you? Besides that. Oh God, that just pisses me off though. I just want to, mm. oh, I wish I could. Chris, on the um, <laughs> um, uh, maybe I am because I need to after this one. After this one, <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought from the original idea. Sorry. Just like, oh. like you oh, have. Oh, um, go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah. If, if you're if you're gonna do the whole World War Two thing, yeah, two to five movies, not two. But at the end of the day, I just think it. it the biggest question here is. When we're done with those eight movies, and Chris, I think you're going to enjoy them. Regardless of what, how you feel at the end of the day, I think you're going to enjoy them. I'm going to ask the same question, which is, do you feel do you feel the same way about this story? Would you watch these? Want to watch these movies again just to fill in some of the gaps, and, and that you have? But I don't. I I, I don't think I will. No. I don't think there's any difference. Knowing the end of there Harry are Potter, no I gaps to be filled. These movies cannot fill any gaps. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think these movies are made for book readers, they are not made for film goers, and the great thing about Harry Potter is that it was a famous book series that also became a famous film series. They knocked it out of the park in both mediums, but she can't write a book, she, uh, she can't write a movie. The only person who's ever been able to make novels on film, films that are novels, structured like novels, feel like novels, and that's Tarantino, that's it. There's never been – there have been novelists that have made screenplays that are very good at it, favorite John Irving, for example, but she cannot do that. She's trying to make – everything that we're describing would work better if we were in a book club. But Stephen Horowitz of, Stephen Horowitz of uh, Book of Henry comes to mind. Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. Book of Henry is like this, all over the place. Like, it starts out one way, then it goes another. A million other things are happening, different stories, different tones. It's just, it would work better if you could put it down and think about some of these ideas after a while. Paint these images properly in your own head. But the whole point of film is it's like, you have to, con you are manipulating these images. You are manipulating people. You are trying to get this across, like... You can't have this much crap going on. You can't have it be this aimless. You can't. Honestly, this should be a TV show called The Wizarding World. 
this would all work better if this was a TV show. All of it. If, the, if like, the first movie was a season and this was a season, all of this would work better if you could just stretch out and fill out more of the stuff. I don't understand why they decided to make movies like this when at the end of the day she could have made a miniseries on Netflix or Amazon and, God, it would be up there with Mandalorian. It would be unbelievable. Like, no, there's it's... so many good things about this. Like, when he pulls out, when the guys, uh, when they're, when Nagini's uh, after the guy in the house with the gnome, and they're, I'm sorry, not the gnome, but the, the nurse that used to take care of him as a baby, and that guy's following them and then kills the nurse and everything. When Nagini gets pulled into the wall, and it's like half snake, and then he pops out, like, all of this stuff looks great. Like, this world should be a movie. This should, this should be all cinematic and a TV show and everything. Yeah. It should be, it should be both, but... I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm still mad that an Obscurio can't break wand magic, even though it's supposed to be super powerful. Like, that's a universe thing, but, like, that's just, that's my gripe. Like, it's just like, no. Like, if it's powerful, it's powerful. Just make it break that wall and kill the guy. The guy didn't show up again anyway. Might as well. Yeah, that's true. Like, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think you're going to say to your mom? Mom, what the hell? <laughs> What if, like, what how could she, you think this is better than the first one? This is a step down if, in every sense. What if she said to you, but you it doesn't count, you didn't watch the other movies beforehand? Which she will. I'll just be like, Mom, like, I love you, but like, like, what, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we, and how I feel like it doesn't matter where we start these, don't tie into these anyway. Chris, have you seen the other movies before? Did I not explain when we first spun the series? You forgot. That we landed on you this. Forgot. We talked. Okay. Zach and I were talking. I said, I said, the only Harry Potter movies that I remember watching, start to finish, were these two movies and Go- and Goblet of Fire. Oh, Otherwise, boy. I only remember bits and pieces of everything else. Oh wow! Boy. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is. Okay, so this is going to be way more interesting because... And I have only seen trailers for the last one. You've never seen the last one? Never seen it. Oh, my Good. God. So this, okay, now this is why I wanted to Definitely do this. So now, now, here are the things that I want you to take away from oh, this boy. world. It's like people have wands. You know, there's magic everywhere. There's, you know, muggles and stuff like that. Like, this is what it's all going to look like. This is this is how the magic is going to feel and everything. So, like as it unfolds to the darker movies and it actually becomes like teenage war pictures, it's it's all going to feel like we're back at this again. But when it starts, and I think the thing that people don't recognize the most is it feels magical at the beginning. It feels fun. It feels like everything is exciting, and you're you're happy. You're happy because like he's leaving this shitty existence and going to this magical world and it feels like it and then by the time you get to the movie that you've already seen and things change like it earns it it earns it all so I, I don't know I'm let interested me, to see me, if you think there's you any fat that can go in this series Chris let me let me tell you something of all the, the next movies we're going to see the, the one movie that earns everything and truly earns everything and looks great and will feel a lot in ways like Endgame is Deathly Hallows Part Two. It is like it earns every single even 
even my mom was surprised that even my mom was surprised that I had never well, even yeah. my mom was surprised that I had never seen this movie because she's the nut. She goes to sleep to these movies. Deathly Hollows Part Two, Chris, is mm, gonna be sense. this franchise's endgame. It is it has it We even, will get to it. I well, will watch okay. It. okay, okay. That's I true. don't so, want any expectations. Like I just wanna watch these movies. Like, all right. Well, that's here's, here's my thing. Like, I have preconceptions about what all of these are and how it all builds up because, like, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, whatever that redhead ginger guy's name Rupert is, Grint? Rupert Grint, whatever. Um, they all grew up with these, and it's gonna grow up with and the whole like tone of everything is gonna grow up with them. And like, did I cut out again? No, you're no? fine. Okay. Um, like, like everything's going to grow up with them. Like, and here's the thing about starting with these movies. We are starting in, in the, like, mature side of it. And now we're going to start from square one. Like, that's going to be, like, a hardship. It's like, that's like giving, like, a scene. It's like, like a trope in a movie. Where you start, where the movie opens on the very last, like, um, the movie opens on the climax, then it flashes all the way back to, like, you're probably wondering how I got here. Kind of like, I don't know, like Ratatouille or whatever, however that, wherever that went. Um, <laughs> or, that, or, or that one Star Trek game um, that everybody hates. So, that, that those two immediately come to mind. Anyway, so, so, like, for me, like, I don't. Like, I have no, like, passion like I do for Star Wars like or Marvel. Like, I don't have any of that towards Harry Potter. I just always knew that it was there and that people liked it. It was never really my thing. So, so that's kind of... And, like, Fantastic Beasts of Where to Find Them was kind of like a nice, like, ease into this yeah. world. And then this movie is just a complete dumpster fire that kind of just, like... <laughs> That's just like a giant. Yeah. What the hell? So, and so, can I finish? Yeah. So I'm just gonna like take these. As, take this as the like <laughs> ten movie journey that it is. Um, and I'm like, if any of us get burnt out, like I said before, like if any of us get burnt out, and we have to do toys. It's probably gonna be me. Like, <laughs> I, see, okay, Alex, so we were. Alex! We, and I, I do it. I do it. I brought it up. Okay. So, Zach and I were talking beforehand, and we actually said we're guessing what movie you would actually hit your burnout at. And he's like, I think it's going to be this one. And I'm like, yeah, but we just watched two not so great movies, and it's going to get great. And I, I, the question is going to be, is he going to burn out and want to take a break from this world? Brother, take a break from this world. Or is he going to just listen to our suggestion on when this, when the uh, series takes a tonal shift? Um, but I think you're going to reach burnout. And my guess is you're going to reach burnout by one particular film. Hey, he's guessing a little bit later than me. I mean, I don't think he'll reach burnout. I think he'll, he'll make it all the way through. Do you want to know my guess? But, but, you want to know my but, guess? But but if you are going to reach burnout anywhere, I would like for you to reach it. Don't, don't. If, I, I, I don't right know. Up, if, 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 right if we give him our answers. 
if we give him our answers, then he it, it possibly taints him and, and like may urge him one way or the other. That, that's true. That's true. That's true. I'm not gonna tell you where, but I I know about when it is. All right, then I'm not gonna say what my guess is. Then I, no, you can not say it. You, you can no, no, say no. no. We we don't want to. We don't want to affect your thinking. If you have a way of thinking, we don't want to affect it. You can tell us what it is, but I think I'm gonna get. I'm thinking I'm gonna get burnt out. If I do, I think I'm going to get burnt up by Order of the Phoenix. Wow, that is interesting. Okay. I, I, like, I think that's where it is. Because that. that's my blind spot. Like, yeah. being around my mom, so, like, I, know how these, I know how most of these movies go. Yeah. Like, I, like, I know how like, so, Chamber of Secrets and like, uh, Philosopher's Stone and Prisoner of Azkaban... And Goblet of Fire. Excuse like, I know how all that goes. You are a goddamn American. You call it Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Don't. It's either. Do not gatekeep me. Okay. Do not gatekeep me. Well, that's, that's right. what it was called. In, Do in, not gatekeep me. I don't want to hear it. It's the same movie. It's the Just, same story. I don't want to hear wait, 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 wait. it's in the wait, name. So I'm me. going to turn this microphone all the way up so that it's ear rape. Okay? Here's th That's exactly what so I'm going like to do. Gear, where are my, where are my like options? Your, where so are my like options your, uh, I'm going to blow out this. I'm going to blow out my microphone here. So, I'm going to so, blow out my microphone here. That's so like Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. King of Monsters. Heck, let him finish. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter what the name is and what I call it. Whatever comes to mind is what I'm gonna call it. I may even and I may even like change it up a little. I may call it one thing and I may call it the other. It's the same story, the same movie. Don't gatekeep me. I'm trying to break that habit myself. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Well, not to gatekeep, they're mostly talking about the books. Anyway, I would just <laughs> I don't fucking know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. Philosopher's Stone, I don't care. Um, I just know it's the movie. Uh, hey, Alex, Alex, Alex. Hello? You Hello? Can, you, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that dick just keeps getting in the way. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just... I, I, I... So here's the thing. I would say I think it's going to happen sooner than that just because these two movies happened. But... Um, I hope that you enter into this as joyfully as I did the movie more so than the book. I read the first three books and I was like, all right, I'm good. But the movies that started by then and I'm like, I'm watching every one of these movies. Like, they, I love where this is going. I love the look. I think it's better than this. But in terms of it's such a good, like, adaptation of something. It, the first movie is just right out the gate. A, a stone cold, we got it right. Everything. We got everything right. And everyone was satisfied. And I think as the movies got darker and they hit their tones properly, people realized that they could be better. But in, like for a first movie, Stone is pretty awesome. Like it's very it's very pleasing. So it all hinges on how I feel about Harry. That's 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 where I'm at. It's like I'm like I understand why people like this character. I'm just not feeling it. Like, well, interesting. I can do about that, but like, if I feel well, like, I think that's where it's gonna come down to. Like, how much of, like, if we're gonna get this much, this much of like the character of Harry Potter, like, 
it better be like it better be darn good. Which well, apparently, okay, so by all indications, it is. What makes you? What makes you? I mean, obviously, you've you've got your own experiences and everything. What makes you think that he's not an interesting character from what you know so far? Well, just that there are probably other characters that I've seen that are just like ripoffs of that, and me seeing the original, I'm just gonna be like, I feel nothing towards this. I've seen this before. Okay, I get what you're. I get. It's what like one of those things. Like I've, it's happened to me before on the show. Um, let me ask you this. Do you like The Matrix? Alex, we just went through The Matrix. <laughs> That's my point. It's pretty much the same thing, okay. but I think this, I think, I think the world and the overall art <laughs> of what is expected. No, the world and the I'm overall I'm sorry, art, I had a really funny thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, cool, cool. Fair enough. The world and the overall art of his journey. And what is expected of him is there in day one, but it's like, it's just a little thing. And then as the movies go on, it makes it very clear what he's supposed to be. And the greatest thing is he's told that since day one. And he, it's never really sort of like, it slowly becomes a realization of his life that he has to be the hero of this story. It takes its time, but they tell him in day one, day one, they're like, Oh man, I mean, you lived, huh? Well, I mean, if he's still around, you'd probably be our only savior. So, you know, we don't say we don't say his name. We don't say his name. Like you, you survived a guy that we don't even say his name of, Mr. Poopy Butthole. So, so my funny, no, no. It's so my crazy. funny thought was my funny thought was you compared it to the Matrix. Like, do you like the Matrix? I'm like, yeah. So my immediately thought was, what if it, wouldn't it be funny if J.K. Rowling came out as gay? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Or, or is trans? Better if she came out as trans. <laughs> that, <laughs> Harry Potter was a trans allegory. Um. <laughs> After everything that she said, that would be the funniest thing ever. I don't think it is, but I do think there are certain scenes that could make an argument for it. But it's eight movies. It's like one or two scenes in eight movies. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough to form an argument. Um, I just, oh, I, I, let's, let's get this done with, but okay. Okay. So I, my argument for why we did these two movies first was so that we could get into the world visually and okay. we can see what it's at its best moments and then, um, start off with the best stories and then watch the story grow into this look again. Um, right. and I didn't want to end on this shit. I didn't want to end on these two movies because we will like this world and we will miss this world at the end because it'll be done right. And then to see it the here. It's just sad. If I'd have ended this entire series on Johnny Depp's two-minute cry at the premiere of this movie, I would have just fucking shit my pants. I, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do. It would be the worst ending to all of this. To me, there is hope at the other end of this series. There's a possibility here because contracts are happening and shit's going down. There's a possibility that they can fix this because the opportunity for another movie is there regardless. I think the hope of that, I think we want that. I think all of us deserve that because this fan base deserves that. And the only way we're going to get that is if we watch those eight fucking movies, man. Yeah. I give this fucking movie, I give this fucking movie, uh, God damn it. Oh, man. Right? Like, what do you give this? Like, 
There is merit here. It's the most it's the most beautiful looking Harry Potter movie out of all of them. It has the most uh, magical stuff. I'm telling you, dude, it has the most magical stuff. It has the most cool effects. Like at the end of the day, I have to I have to be impressed by that. The the it is beautiful looking. It is visually could not be any more of a perfect representation of this world because it took 10 movies to get here visually. The story sucks. The story is awful. And it's so much so that it weighs all of the good things down, including people like Zoe Kravitz and uh, everyone else. It's so awful. I don't want to give it a C because it is, it is not something I want Don't to you see. dare give this a passing crane. I don't want to see there are better looking movies than this, and there are more boring movies than this. And because I like this world, I kind of would like to watch this as a curiosity more again than I would anything else. So I've seen worse movies than this. But I talk about how like Rise of Skywalker was one of the worst blockbuster. Rise of Skywalker is the worst blockbuster I've seen in a long time. But before that was Amazing Spider-Man Two. It should have been this. This is the worst blockbuster I've seen before Rise of Skywalker. This is awful, but there are things about it that are good in terms of just like one or two minutes. I think films deserve to be recognized for one or two minutes and seconds of like beauty. I think that stuff matters. When you're a kid and you turn on a TV and you're changing the channel or you walk in a room and you see something for five seconds, that may change your life forever. I believe that. That's why movies are important to tell your stories with. Don't fuck around and get J.K. Rowling to write your shit she hasn't written a movie before. God, I hate that. I don't get it. Uh, it's like when <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. It's like when Seth MacFarlane made Once Upon a Time in, uh, in the West or whatever his comedy was. Like a million ways he, to die in the West. Everything about Charlie Theron in that movie is great. Everything about the setting is great. The production is great. There's so many things about it. All the side cast is great. A lot of the jokes are great. He sucks. He should not have been the lead of that movie. Too much. Too much ego. Too much pride gets you George Lucas prequels. Just like I'm, you just someone didn't say no, and it's fucking them up. And now they've got a year, and they're fixing it, and everyone's backing away, and that's fine. I didn't want to end it on this. I didn't want to end it that way. This this series deserves hope. This fan base is amazing. They 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 are happy with this film, and they should not be. They shouldn't be. This is terrible. This is a terrible movie. And uh, there are things to like it if you're a fan, and there are things to enjoy about it um, if you're a fan. But that's it. If you're not, it's terrible. And your grade is? D. Nice. Not even a D plus, D. I mean, like, I just don't... The Queenie's a Nazi, man. They killed two babies. <laughs> a Nazi. I liked her, man. I liked him in the. I liked her in the Baker. I liked Newton. Like Newt and Tina get together. That's great, fine. But they don't. They don't get together. They solve their fight, kind of, and then World War Two happens. Like what the fuck, man? Queenie's a like when she looked at him and screamed, "Walk with me!" I was like, "What the fuck are we doing right now?" I felt like I was dating her and I needed to go home. If I was in the <laughs> all that, there would be a natural urge for me to get my shit and walk out. It's too real. It's too fucking crazy. Queenie's a Nazi. Queenie's a Nazi. All right, Zach, go ahead. So, e. what? 
Go ahead, Zach. So, like I prefaced before I started, this movie's bad. It's really bad. It's it's D bad. But I still believe that there was little bits of things here that could have worked if they didn't have certain characters literally become Nazis. Or, you know, really, like, a lot of the anything to do with Grindelwald shit. Like, if they had just said, fuck that shit, and fuck it hard, and actually wrote an interesting, you know, character-driven piece... I think there could have been something there. But they didn't. They wrote a fucking World War II movie where one of the main characters, who's Jewish, by the way, becomes a fucking Nazi. A wizard that is Jewish. Yes, a wizard that is Jewish becomes a fucking Nazi. No. Your no is funny. Not even fucking funny. Your no is funny. No, it's not. It's really no, not. Your, your no was funny. Oh, sure. It it's not funny at all. It's it, it is funny. It is hilarious. It's hysterical. Why would J.K. Rowling do that? That's a Nazi. Hyster- it's hysterical. First of all, why would anybody do that? Why would they support it? Why did no one say no? And why did they put it out there? It's unbelievably hysterical that so many people stood by this. I don't know what happened here, but it's embarrassing and it's sad for everybody. Yeah. And it should be because this fan base does not deserve. You know, this, you know who deserved what they got? The Star Wars fans. They deserved right. Last Jedi, and they totally got Rise of Skywalker. They deserve it. Now, does that mean all of them deserved it? No. Chris no. is a prime example of someone who asked for something different and got it. And he appreciates that. And he also appreciates when they do something like The Mandalorian. He's a good, generous, appreciative fan. And these guys Thank you. took this movie and they were like, I love it. And it's like, no, no, guys, no. This isn't what a good movie is. And I guarantee you, when we watch these other ones, Chris, you're going to be amazed, amazed at the difference of how well this world can be portrayed, how well you can tell a story in it, how functional that when someone like how, how functional this, did this, the Nazis come. But the, I mean, there is not there's Nazi parables in Harry Potter. There yeah. are in the later films. There's pick aside moments. Absolutely. I think it's very clear that those things are there and those parables are there for sure. But it's also more well thought out and not the one – she's not the one doing it. In somebody else's hands, this world in another median can be perfect. You just need to know when to stop. You need to know where your limits are, and she did not. But you're going to see what this world is capable of in the hands of three very important filmmakers. You've seen one of them, and then you're going to see the other two hand it off to them after it gets started. Tell us your grade. I already said it's a D. No, Chris. Oh. Okay. Fail! You're gonna fail it! Sorry. So, 
like, okay. So, like I said, like, what? I don't know. Done? I tried to be funny here, and I'm being terrible. I'm sorry, Chris. Tell us your grade. Okay. First, Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts is where to find them. That was half the movie. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. It was not about Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Might as well have been called The Crimes of Grindelwald. And Queenie is a Nazi. Um, <laughs> That's a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler! Empire Strike Back, uh, Death Rider, Darth Vader's loose father. <laughs> um, some things I do want to point out. Um, if Queenie had led Jacob through that fire, Jacob would have burnt up. And him burning up in that blue fire did remind me of the control ending in Mass Effect 3. Boom! I told you I'd bring it back. Nicely done. God, I hate those endings. Now, I'm, I want to issue, real quick, side tangent. I want to issue an apology to our buddy Matt. And uh, former employee, former coworker of ours, Scott, when I said I liked the Mass Effect 3 endings, I now hate them. Anyway, done. That's over. Um, you know, there's that. I sent you an article about Neon Genesis by Film Crit Hulk. I think he wrote a big one about Mass Effect 3 that I don't remember if he was pro or against it, but like it was a big deal. Uh, Alex, anyway, let me. My, my earpiece fell. My earpiece fell. Let me grab. Okay. So, I just had to get that out. That was really funny. Um, to me. So, <laughs> Jacob would have gotten burnt off. Like, he's a nomad. This doesn't... He would have died. Um, yeah. Like, that whole scene with everybody in the tomb just trying to solve the mystery of who Credence is, and then Turns out that Lita threw a baby. They switched her baby brother with another person. Oh, hey, why are you on a ship. Are you on a ship. You okay, guys? It happens. It happens. Uh, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Please tell me you're joking. Ah. Totally. <laughs> Not okay. off. Yeah, that's the thing. That's like that. It's messed up. Anyway, this isn't a fantastic. They wrote that in the Fantastic Beast movie. Is what I'm saying. Oh, they did. How many dead babies? How many dead babies do you have? Microphone. Hello. Can you hear me? There you go. Go ahead. Okay. How many? How many dead babies did you put in this movie? Two. One. Two. Mm-hmm. There are two. There are two be- There are two She's dead good. babies. There are two dead babies in this movie, and that is four too many. Um, <laughs> so, and then, and um, the whole love square with Lita and New Tina and Theseus, and like. Um, so. My head hurts. So, like, the this is the kind of movie that I need alcohol for. So, like, I know a movie, a movie that could look so good. Even though I wasn't particularly a fan of those shot reverse shots where they're looking directly into the camera, um, I was like, I'm not a fan of that. Anyway, but like, 
I think some people can do it well, some people can. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just that all the stuff with Queenie and Jacob, like the Grindelwald Dumbledore like thing that they're not that she's not wanting to commit to, but it's there and it's important to the plot, but she doesn't want it to be. And but she has to put it there because she already there are no Fantastic Beasts in this movie. To call it Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald is another crime of Grindelwald because that should not be called Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. It should be called The Crimes of Grindelwald, which there are many. Um, the Actually, I forgot to talk about this. The opening like action scene with the flying cart thing, like in a movie theater, when I was watching that in a movie theater, I could not for the life of me tell what was happening. Like, and it was a little better here, but like, it's still too dark to see whatever's going on. So, um, <laughs> it's it's not as dark as Godzilla, but it's dark. Yeah, like just oh God. So like, it looks great. Like, I guess, but like, like I would watch this in a movie theater, and no other. Like, I don't want to watch this on the television ever again. Um. But, like, I would watch this in a movie theater because I remember it looking well, like, in a movie theater. But, like, remember when I sh- shared my opinions about the movie from my school review? Like, that was my feeling about that movie leading up into leading up into this movie. I was greatly disappointed then. I'm still disappointed now. Um, da- I would say David Ayer. Th- th- not David Ayer. Jesus. God, no. Not David Ayer. Um, David Yates. <coughs> Sorry. Um... David Yates should it should say that he should get out of um, Harry Potter, but he did with The Legend of Tarzan, which <coughs> we have not brought up yet, which was with Alexander Skarsgård and Margot Robbie and um, Samuel Jackson. Like, he did that, and that flopped, and apparently that wasn't very good anyway. And, but, so, like, he's it's kind of, like, stuck here. <clears throat> I mean, it has merits, but also, who gives a shit about Tarzan anymore? In 2017. Anyway. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a good idea in the, in, uh, at the gate. I don't understand what he thought about it that would have been interesting. I mean, I get a movie about Alexander Skarsgård running around in a loin cloud. Don't, don't, you don't have to convince me. I get it. But, like, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, no one cares about Tarzan. Like, original ideas would be nice. It's so 1930s and 40s. Like, who gives a shit and the cartoon one is fine so like i just you got george of the jungle we get you got brandon fresher no one cared about i thought that was a weird thing to deviate to like that's the thing he's like i'm gonna break out of here and do something different too i thought that was weird but it's also like whatever it's not a bad it's not like a terrible movie but it's also very meh um i think he i think he should be making movies in this world i just think he's putting too much faith in rallying People are treating it like she's the god of this world, like she's writing a Bible and this world is existing. Fandom like, is religion. Fandom is I, religion. I just, it, it, and here's the thing. They're very nice fans, and she seems like she's very sweet to them. And the, and the um, elements that she's trying to invite them with, if you understand the lore, you are rewarded immensely in this movie. So much so, it's a problem, even if you've seen the eight movies. It's just not a good movie. 
Even if you like, I've seen the eight of them, and I the problems are so transparent. You don't need to see the other eight to get them. However, I do love this world. I think this is the best looking this world has ever been and ever will be. But you're about to meet a little boy who just doesn't know any of this, and he's about to fucking enter it, baby, and just grow up, be a man. So, all that being said, uh, like I know there's probably worse out there. Like, I'm starting to become of the kind of like, like okay, like here's my thing. I don't care if there's worse out there. That doesn't change the fact. That doesn't change the quality of this movie. This doesn't make this movie pal- more palatable for me. Like, it just depresses me that there's worse out there. <laughs> even though... Oh, that's funny. Oh, but, like... Even the, though... At the end of the day, even these though, are arbitrary grades. These are arbitrary grades right. at the beginning. Even though it looks, it looks good... And the cast is still somehow in the into this. F. Damn. F. Damn. I'm not surprised. Not surprised like, at all. I won't say I won't say like F minus, just for David Yates trying. Like he's just collecting a paycheck and actually earning it. But like, damn. J.K. Rowling needs the pen taken away from her. Like. Immediately. I'm telling yeah. I am going to make I'm gonna I'm gonna write a letter to Congress that she'd be impeached right now. Oh Can you hear me? Can you hear me typing it up? She she doesn't impeach even have an American thing. How can you impeach her? Well when she's knighted, I'm gonna protest and get her out. She's not even knighted. Um, I said when. And I did say when. Who um, said she's going to be knighted? That's the kind of thing that just happened, dude. Just don't. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah. Um, I don't, I think you can salvage this. And I like some of these characters. I would say, in terms of this movie, the only thing that would make me think that I could go higher than a D is Zoe Kravitz and her performance and her character. Um, I like that story. If this was, I didn't of- even pull anything out of that too. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure. She, like, she did. She did well, but it was like, she wasn't amazing to me. Like, she didn't knock it out of the park. So I think it was just everything else just dragging, dragging all the good stuff down. But like, yeah. No, I like. I liked her. I liked the. For, I didn't just like her. I liked the little girl that played her. I liked her story. I liked her vibe. I just. I dug the idea of being this outsider in this world and then meeting newt and then there was the baby thing and that was aggressive so um i think the thing about it that i really enjoyed is that she does the baby switch which i don't understand like that's fucked up it's more than if a baby is crying and she switches a baby that's that's dumb and bad storytelling and I, I don't think i can get over that but when the ship starts to capsize and she turns and she looks at the baby and the look on her face of I can't change this. I could, but I can't. The other day I was in the line uh, to get my title changed, and something happened where it, it accidentally – I could have told them to change the address of where to send it. They sent it to my old one, and I already know that my uh, old roommate is going to get it, and he's going to send it to me, or he's going to hold it, and I'll pick it up. But I, at that moment, I could have changed it. I said, I said – I could have said something, and I didn't. 
And there's this part of me that's like, it's gone. It's gone. The moment's gone. And then the baby capsizes in the boat. And I was like, fuck off, man. What the fuck is going on right now? And she says, the monster line. And I was like, that's awesome. That's an awesome line. And that's what it would all build to. And I'm like, it's this little mini movie inside of this movie that sucks. It's the, I think the, the Grindelwald escape at the beginning is fun. And within the Wizarding World, it's the equivalent of Darth Vader showing up in the hallway in Rogue One. It's No one's seen anything like this of this caliber by a wizard like this ever. This is to prove what kind of what Grindelwald is capable of doing. And if you were a big wi- a wizard fan, you'd be like, he just took out a bunch of auras with a bunch of, oh my god, did you see the spell, you son of a bitch? Like, they're freaking out, man. The same way you do when it comes to the Mandalorian. So there is stuff here that I think has some merit to it, but I, I don't think it's enough, even if you are a fan. It's like, yeah, that was cool looking, but what does it, what does it all lead to? What does it all mean? You know from day, from day one, Harry Potter is growing up in a world where there's the seeping evil of the man who tri- killed his parents and is trying to kill him. And both he is growing up and that evil is growing up too. And that parallel... Is it's always there, it never leaves, and it takes eight movies for it to grow. That's exactly the time it needed. This took two movies to just absolutely check the fuck out, and I am like, I'm gone. Like, I don't, you really have to get me back, and I don't know how you could. I don't. Like, this should have been a TV show. You fucked it up. So, yeah, Fantastic Beast, The Crimson Grindelwald. Poor Eddie Redmayne. He could have been Kylo Ren. No, I think he... I said he was Newt's commander. I think he's a good Newt. I think he likes being Newt. He's a dork. He's a total dork, and I don't mind it. But, like, they have a chance. Like, this sucks, but they have a chance. Like, we're going to see eight movies that prove to us why these movies deserve the chance they're getting. Why fans deserve a better chance. So there you go, everybody. Crimes of Grindelwald done. We're done with Fantastic Beasts. How am I going to explain this to my mother? Um, That was the question I was going to ask. Oh, I already asked it. Yeah, all right, good luck. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I will let you guys know how that goes. I don't think it would have been any... I'm I'm glad we're getting it out of the way now so you guys can enjoy Harry Potter because I don't think it would have been a good way to end it. So... Next, so now we're going to actually start the Harry Potter portion of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, with what? Harry Potter, with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer Stone. Yes. Harry Potter and the Poopy Stone. No. Oh. Harry Potter and the Kidney Stone. Yeah. What about Harry Potter and the Purple Stone? Gross. Dude, you need to get you need to go to a doctor. You got a Purple Stones coming out of your butt. Dude, it's gross, man. I shit, man. You like you don't even know. You don't even know. What about Harry Potter and the adolescent stuff? Oh boy. Harry Potter and the Idlebeats. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. It's the Stone movie, not the Chamber of Secrets. Like I've been so confused by. So it's going to be the first Harry Potter movie. The first Harry we Potter movie. We see Alan Rickman next week. It's all good. Everything's fine. So there you go. We'll be back next time. Till then, see you guys later. I'm excited. Um, say goodbye, guys. Bye.
Bye bye. Hashtag sequels are canon.